I feel the need. The need for a podcast exploring the films and career of Tom Cruise. Oh, welcome to Cruise Views! Like a human <laughs> That's a huge peak on my uh, thing. But that, that might not even... I might not even be able to keep that in. Hello. Welcome to Cruise Views, the podcast all about sandstorm racer Tom Cruise. We're trying to find out how he became one of our last ever movie stars by reviewing all of his films in chronological order. And this week, we're in 2011 for the fourth film in the Mission Impossible franchise, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. I'm joined, as always, by my host, Tom Ashford. Am I a coast? Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Like the Dorset Coast? Jurassic Coast? Does that make me a ghost? Because <laughs> you're a guest host. Yeah. It might be. It might do. What do you, are you happy with that, Tom? Are you happy with that moniker? Yeah, that's fine. Shut up, Tom. I've got to introduce our guest. Uh, it's obviously, you know, with us for the second time on this podcast, good friend, fellow podcaster, Lucas Way. Hello. I'm a ghost. Hi. You're a ghost. Ghost Ooh, protocol it's... has been initiated. Shallow without depth. Shallow without depth. That's horrible. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, Lucas, exactly. you host uh, some kind of music podcast, right? Yeah, it's not very good. What's it like? What's it like? It's basically a pleb talking about music when he has no interest mm. in doing so. Yeah. Uh, there's like a normal man, mm. and then there's a psychopath who has too much to say about everything. Okay, okay. And what, what's, what's going on in your podcast at the moment? Ah, oh, I can't remember. Where are we at right now in the time in the in this podcast? Uh, well, this this will come out in two weeks. Oh, so we're still doing Radiohead then? Okay, cool. Are they like your favourite band or something? No, no, no. Oh, why do you do a podcast about them? Well, because I agreed to do it with you. Oh, okay. Do you like movies too, or is it? Oh, just movies are better music? than music, I reckon. Okay, Be- cool. Yeah, movies are better than me. I'd much rather do a podcast about movies than music. Can I come on this podcast for good? No. <laughs> what would you say is your favourite movie? I don't know what my favourite movie is. Um, and also I'd be ashamed to say because you'll make some cr- comment about it because it'll be too normy for you. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your favourite music? <sighs> Mostly just film soundtracks. Oh, well, interesting. Well, that leads me on to what, what would you say is your favourite movie music? My favourite movie music ever, like of any film, it's got to be Interstellar, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what would you say is your favourite music movie? <sighs> That's a good question. Music movie. I'm going to assume I that Lucas hasn't seen Rock of Ages yet. I've not seen yeah, Rock of Ages. So not. I'm going to go with... Um, uh, I, I, love a, I love a music biography. Like, I really sure. like a good music biography. I like a biography in general. Like, some of the few books I read are biographies. So I really like a good, like, accurate, thorough uh, music biography. So I'm going to go with Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Excellent. Good. That's a good choice. That is a good choice. I assumed it was going to be Spinal Tap, but you went with a different priority. I forgot about That's Spinal Tap, Adam. Okay, great. It's, it's, it's Spinal Tap. <laughs> it's Spinal Tap. Great. <laughs> Good. I mean, that's all the questions I've got for Lucas, Tom. I don't know if you've got any. All right, see you later. No, I reckon we're ready to wrap up. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, before we go, though, it's obviously time for our long-running game. <laughs> Tom, we're talking oh, about Ghost Protocol, the fourth in the Mission Impossible franchise. 
talk about it. Give us some details. What's going on there? Well, Adam, it was released on the 19th of December 2011. Was it that late? That late into the year? Yeah. Interesting. And we got it on the 26th. We got it on Boxing Day because this is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. I I would count this as a Christmas movie, wouldn't you guys? Yeah. Yeah. What? Because of when it's released around Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. So th- th- this works its way into the classic pantheon of, of Christmas movies. It's Muppets Christmas Carol, uh, Miracle on 42nd Street, or whatever it's called, Die Hard, and this. Yeah. You missed one. You missed an important one. Did I? Yeah. Paranorman. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Christmas movie? I think so. Yeah, it is now. It is now. Uh, okay, cool. It came out around Christmas. I don't remember going to see it yeah. around Christmas. I must have waited until the new year. I simply must have waited until the new year. You simply, I simply must, must have, have done Which some. is weird because you'd think like it's the holidays, you're not mm. at work, although you probably are. Actually, you would have been like not fresh two, out of uni, wouldn't yeah, you? Not in 2011. So you'd have been, you'd, been fre- you'd have been like just chilling. Well, I worked in a bank, so that would have been closed for a lot of Christmas, which is quite so nice. You could, you know? Perfect time to go and see Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Mm, mm-hmm. Don't know what I was doing. I was probably waiting for my mum to be available because we always used to go and watch the Mission Impossible movies together. It's directed by Brad Bird. Okay, interesting. Interesting. What do we know about Brad Bird, guys? Oh, he did The Incredibles, didn't he? Yeah. He did. He did do The Incredibles. He comes he from animation in general. Um, Iron Giant. Is that yeah. him? Yeah, Iron Giant's yeah. him. Oh, Ratatouille anyway. is him, right? Oh, what a film. What a yeah. film. What a film. He is primarily an animator and an animation director. Boy, I think Ghost primarily Protocol. he's a voice actor, isn't he? No. Primarily <laughs> he's, he's a voice actor. I think he's probably most <laughs> known for being Edna what? Mode. Wait, wait. What right, so what you're about? saying, Lucas, what you're saying is that he created Ratatouille and the Iron Giant yeah. and the Incredibles yeah. just so he could voice... One character yeah. in that Also, film. you missed something it's else he created. He, incre- he created Mission Impossible as well. He did, yeah. Because yeah. of this him. one. That's yeah. him. Uh, he worked on The Simpsons. Uh, he worked for what, Disney. Movie? He did, no, just The Simpsons, the TV show. I don't know if you've heard of it, mate. Have you only seen the movie? No, The Simpsons <laughs> just, movie. That's, it, that's, the only, <laughs> that's the only interaction you have with The Simpsons. Yeah, it's like one of those big cartoon movies. It's like there's The Simpsons movie, there's South Pack, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. Like That's one yeah. of the other big, big cartoon movies so you're unaware of television series yeah they've done tv spin-offs of those movies yeah the mad thing is they did the tv spin-off for the simpsons about 20 years before the movie came out that's unbelievable prescient prescient stuff uh fox and the hound at disney black cauldron it's all sort of like in the 80s um that's not good though i was gonna say during their flop era yeah absolutely uh (laughs) But this movie, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, is his first live-action movie. He'd never directed anything in live-action before this Good job, one. I reckon. Well yeah, done. well done. Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. And what's uh, he done since, in terms of live-action? He's done... Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not as good. It's not as good. And then, and then The Incredibles 2, and that's kind of it, right? So live-action-wise, he's not done anything yeah. further. And most of Tomorrowland is basically like animation because it's CGI. Uh, isn't he's, it? pr- he's probably due a Marvel at some point, isn't he? Oh, I don't think he's got any interest. They'd have snapped him up already, wouldn't they? They'd have really? snapped him up already. He has. You can tell he's an animator, though. This this movie has a particularly sort of uh, kinetic sort of uh, style to it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Wasn't it also like it wasn't it similarly to? 
One of the other ones you talked about recently, uh, Valkyrie, I think. Uh, wasn't mm. it also sort of quietly, also Macquarie had his little grubby mitts all over it as well? Uh, yes, but not probably as early into the process as you sort of, uh, you might think. Because he's not credited. He's not credited Oh, that's all. it. He did like a script rewrite, didn't I? Didn't he? He's not. He didn't did, you? He didn't, you did. Didn't you? He, did you work on this, Lucas? I did. Quit his job in REM, wrote Mission Impossible 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't get involved in the directing. Cross I'm, joke I'm thinking, for a very niche <laughs> I know, such there. a niche audience there. Uh, he didn't get involved in any directing on this one. He just did the, the script sort of touch-ups, didn't he? Yes, that's right. I'm, I'm thinking of Valkyrie, the film that you talked about and I listened to your podcast about a few days ago. Yes, you're repeating trivia that we've told you through the media yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. But for the wrong film. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Who's in job. it, Tom? Well, no, who wrote it? I well, suppose. A, who wrote? Yeah, yeah I'm so well, sorry. I've got Jesus wept, Adam. I've got Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec, and I've made no notes about either one of them. So, yeah, what have I they done? Guess they're not important. What have they done? What have Mission they done? Press, I, I want to know. know. I've made no notes. I want, <laughs> I want to know what they've done. I demand to know what they've done previously. I can't tell you. What? I, I simply can't tell you. <laughs> Look it up, aren't I? This is what happens when I don't write the notes, you fucking yeah. bastard. <laughs> right, okay. I probably did look and went, oh, I don't know any of these, and just <laughs> close their IMDb. Turns page out now. they've actually written like some of the most acclaimed films of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, they wrote Alien and Blade Runner and Gladiator and The Matrix. I tell you what, you're not far off. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Um, what the old ones or the like Michael Bay no, ones? No, the Michael Bay ones. The Michael Bay ones. Um, then can Salamander. you at least give Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two its 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 proper title, please? Uh, Secret of the Ooze is that what it's called? No, Maybe. Out, it's called oh, Out, Out of, of the, the Shadows. Shadows. Secret of the Ooze is the second. Is the actual one? I will tell you what, and it's just those three movies as well uh, for Josh Applebaum. But let's uh, let's check out whatever the other guys called Andre Nemec. Do you think they always work yep. together, or what reckon's going on? They do yeah, indeed. They always work together. Those are the three movies that they've done. Move on. And this. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Those who were in the film. Yeah. Lucas, have you ever heard of? Uh, it's a, a, a relatively you know small indie actor called Tom Cruise. Up and coming. I've seen. I saw him. He's quite new, isn't he? He's quite recent. I saw him in um that. Yeah. I saw him in that Top Gun. Reboot, mm. reboot recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was quite good in that. He was quite good. He in the reboot. It's, it's weird. The they, they, they you were supposed him. to believe that, like, uh, you're supposed to have like an investment in the character, though. I didn't quite understand why this new actor's coming along, and you're kind of expected to believe that he's almost got like a historic, like you've got context to his to his character. So there, there is there like is Val Kilmer old... shows up later, and I'm like, oh, it's it's Iceman. But then like right. when. This guy's you in, and think I'm like, he looked a little bit like the guy who was playing Maverick in the original. Well, he's quite a bit. I thought older. they did a pretty good. Yeah, he well, of course, it was set later, but I thought they did a pretty good God, job of finding think someone Val who looks the same. So they've actually gone for an age-appropriate actor. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, that's good on him. Good on him. I know. Fair play. I'll tell you what, while we're talking about that movie, also good that the love interest was age-appropriate. Uh, oh, you don't yeah. see that in loads of movies anymore. I was relieved yeah, about that. Nice. Yeah, that actually, nice. to be serious, but you do it often in Tom Cruise movies. Age-appropriate. Exactly. To be to be serious yeah. for a second, yes, Tom Cruise is great. Uh, the other thing about the love interest in that film, actually, that is a character that to go into Mission Impossible, uh, not Mission Impossible, to go into Top Gun Maverick is mm, that yeah. was another character where when she was introduced, I was like, am I supposed to know who she is? Right, the way okay. she was introduced was a little bit like, 
is this someone? Is this like a recast the woman from the first film or something? I was like, I was a bit confused and it was just not. You're supposed to just like accept that. Did, they did just, not get that impression at they all. They just know each other. I, that's what I got. I, I had a little bit of a... A little bit of confusion as to whether or not it was supposed to be somebody. But that's because the the woman in the first Top Gun film is so devoid of personality besides shoehorned in love interest that Mm. anyone can fill that that void. You're joking. She wears that jacket. She does wear that jacket. That's true. Lucas has made you look like a mug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's pointed out the jacket. Yeah. Also in the film, Jeremy Renner. Oh, you love to see it. Hawkman himself. Hawkman. Oh. We Hawk love Hawkman. Is he Hawkman yet by this point, 2011? Um, it, yeah. Thor is yeah, the yeah. same year, right? Yes. Thor, yes. yes. Thor is 2011 and that came out in the summer. But he's I not believe. credited in, in that movie, right? Is that right? He's, he's, like, he's, like, a little, he's like a little cameo, I think. Yeah. He's got lines mm. and stuff. He has got lines. I think the only reason he wouldn't be credited is because it's meant to be a surprise. <gasps> so I think... Well, Adam, did you know that he actually is in Thor? Well, that's incredible. I, I'm going to rewatch yeah. Thor and see if I can spot Hawkman this time. Yeah. Um, that's crazy that that's the same year because he's obviously he's being lined up as the franchise guy. If he's going to be Hawkman in in the Avengers the next year, and the next year is Born Legacy, uh, that's absolutely insane. He's is just Born the franchise Legacy guy. off the ground at this point though, or is that still like provisional? Well, it comes yeah. out the next year, so oh, it comes it must out the be, next year. Oh, crikey. yeah, it comes out in 2012, and then of course in 2013, Hansel and Gretel: Witch Hunters. So they're really setting up to be the big franchise guy. <laughs> yeah, big big movies. Um, Can't wait for the Hansel and Gretel cinematic universe. <laughs> the HG, the HGU. Yeah, what, what do you guys think of of Jeremy Renner? I like he was amazing in in The Hurt Locker, and then he's been like. Fine, ever since. He's, he's extremely normal. He's such a normal he's, Yeah, man. he is. Yeah. I like that given that he plays Hawkman, um, mm-hmm. he is such a normal man playing the most normal of men in that entire franchise. Yeah, he is. And, and in this franchise as well. Um, yeah. And in Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Uh, and in Arrival, which he's in, he plays a normal man. Ooh, he plays and a in Wind- normal man. He does. And in Wind River, he's a very, very normal man. Yeah. Um, Adam, I've seen all of these in, films. In, um, That's insane. You're a Jeremy Renner stan. Do you have his app? In, Do you have the Jeremy <laughs> Renner app? <laughs> I have heard of it. Okay, yeah, you should so download the Jeremy start. Renner app. You, you, didn't you should list... go all in on Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't list the Born Legacy there. Is that because in the Born Legacy, he doesn't play a very normal man at all? Well, that people think he's a normal man, but he's actually a spy. Well, I don't know if you've seen the Bourne movies. I'm All of spy. them looked like normal men. And Matt Damon, another famously normal man. But they're actually spies. Oh, my God. I know. I know, right? And, um, something, and something about memories and stuff. Jeremy Renner these days, not the franchise guy. All of the franchises he's touched have either not continued to use him or have diminished his role to, like, the breaking point. To the point where they go, like, well, to see you out of your contract, we're going to give you a TV series instead. <laughs> I mean, that I feel like that's a little harsh on him. I mean, is it? 
I mean, he obviously is being slowly phased out or yeah. rapidly phased out. <laughs> he is, yeah. Depending on your perspective. Of movies. Uh, or like, of or planet Earth. Of we're, Hollywood. Of, in general, on Earth, having, we're phasing out Jeremy Renner. 17 minutes, <laughs> yeah. 56 seconds that someone's about to use the letters MCU. When you mean he's oh, being yeah, phased out much. slowly of the MCU. I didn't, well, you said it. Yeah, I didn't. You, were, yeah. you, were, you, were, you were alluding towards it, weren't you? That's the guest privilege. Also, That's say, the guest privilege. Of his role. Of his role. Yeah. Mm, but he's been given some pretty major... You know, he was. You say he was phased out, but that's probably actually not true because he's probably had a bigger role in the second Avengers film than the first one and a pretty big role in yeah. the fourth one. Yeah, it goes phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, phased out. Oh, I see. Is that how it works? <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Granted, like, he's not even in the third one at all. No, but then there's a, isn't there a few that aren't in the third one? Ant-Man. Yeah. Ant-Man. Hawkman. Actually, it's just Ant-Man and... And Hawkman. Ant-Man and Hawkman. And the yeah. Wasp. Of course, Hawk, the natural enemy of the ant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, they were, maybe they were having their own battles. Crazy they've got a Hawkman yeah. and a Falcon-Man. You yeah. wouldn't think they would need both of those. Yeah. Well, Captain Falcon... Captain Falcon. Oh, his name's Captain Falcon. Falcon. And Hawkman. Isn't Hawkman yeah. actually a character that's in, in the new exciting upcoming blockbuster hit Black Adam? Oh, also God. known as okay, the wait, MCU hang greatest on, hits. Hang on, what are we at? 19 minutes it took us what? to get to the fucking rock. The fucking Great. rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what's good about your, about your, your, your podcast? To my yeah. knowledge, you don't Everything? have to talk about the rock a single time. Right? Uh, no, never, and yet we do, every episode. But they've never been in a film together. <laughs> no, no, or Ryan Reynolds, but he comes up as well. I, I'm going to be honest, we've, we've looked at various other people, you know, other stars, in case we did want to do another season of this, yeah. and I don't think a single one of them has ever worked with The Rock. <laughs> that's, that's one of the rules, isn't it? We've got yeah. Nicolas Cage, who's in The Rock, but that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> um, Jeremy Renner, so we'll get into it a little bit later, but obviously... The idea is that he is going to take over from Tom Cruise uh, from this point forward. And that is absolutely fucking laughable. Now, I've seen this. I've like always been of the prevailing... I've You know, the narrative has always been, oh, Jeremy Renner was brought in to, uh, to replace Tom Cruise. Yeah. I uh, Reading up for this podcast uh, guest, I reading up on that, I found nothing to indicate that was actually the case, apart from he was brought in that he would ultimately maybe end up being the new lead, but not Mission Impossible Five is the Jeremy Renner film. So you didn't you didn't find the the quote from Jeremy Renner in which he says, "Yes, the plan is for me to take over the franchise." Yeah, but that doesn't mean the next film, does it? That just means eventually, <laughs> when Tom Cruise I think that gets is assumed, I think <laughs> the understand. I think the idea is that he would like. When Tom Cruise gets too old to keep doing stunts, I think at this point people don't realise he's 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 not human. I think they still think he might mm. at a point need to slow down. That he would then eventually be phased in. That's not, not at all. That Mission Impossible Five though. is is well. Well, no, I I think Lucas has cracked it. I think that Mission Impossible Nine after Dead Reckoning, <laughs> Ren- Renner's back, back, mate. Jeremy Renner's coming back. Renner's back, guys. Bloody Brant. We missed him. Name. We missed him in. Don't go his first the name. Three. His um, name is Agent Brandt. Is he just called Agent? Agent. Doesn't, yeah, have, a, doesn't Agent. have a name. Ricky, I think it is. Ricky Brandt. There's also an Agent right? Carter in this, which is... That's that was alarming, wasn't it? Of course, it Tom was. Cruise currently dating Agent Carter as well. Oh, what the... No, they split up, oh, Adam. Why because he split up with, with Hayley Atwell. I thought they were seen together up, recently. Yeah. 
Well, maybe they got back together. All I can tell you is that I read that they split up. Is this cruise up, news? But, you know, I haven't got the either, This is cruise news. Either, to- either cruise Tom Cruise is an idiot <laughs> for breaking up with her. Shut up, Lucas. Shut up, Lucas. We're playing the jingle. There's the jingle for cruise news. Good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed hearing that jingle. Did we finish talking about it, though? Or? Well, just, just the, if they have broken up, that's sad for him and good for her. Um, We've also got Simon Pegg as Benji. Yeah, he's back, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right back. Good in this. He, Obviously an ex- yeah. expanded role from the last one. He has absolutely landed such a like a good little pocket of hollywood at this point because yeah, i don't know how he's done it he's got like the dream the, the dream nerd role where he's doing all these franchises but he's not just playing like the man at the chair like the man at the computer going ah, and like wearing spectacles and being like you know he is obviously they have to have him be the tech but mm-hmm. he like is he insulting us Adam? but he gets i think he is he yeah. gets stuck in yeah. he gets to do stuff increasingly so as the films go on mm. and he's also scotty and again, he's not just sat in a room. He gets to like do stuff. Yeah, it's like he gets to do st- a good. He's landed himself a good little niche, hasn't he? It point? is good, isn't it? Yeah, he's done well. Mm. He's done you, well did for you, himself. Did well you talk him. on the Mission Impossible Three episode about like him saying, "Oh, I'm not going to end up in films like Mission Impossible Three, though," and then goes yeah, on to do Mission yeah, Impossible did. Three? Yeah, it was one of the trivia questions that I uh, I got wrong. So actually, it's a bit of a sore subject. Oh. Uh, well, did you know that basically gonna... what happened is Simon Pegg. Basically, was quoted as saying, "Oh, just because I'm doing movies now doesn't mean I'm going to go and do like Mission Impossible Three. Yeah. And then, and then what happens, Adam, is he shows up yeah. in Mission Impossible Three. Yep, heard about that. Heard about that one. Paula Patton plays Agent Carter. Yeah. Now I don't know if one. I've ever seen her in anything else. I looked her up. I have no idea who she is. The name was very familiar. I was like, "Oh yeah, Paula Patton." That. That actress, Paula Patton. We all know that name, mm-hmm. Paula Patton. Yeah, and I looked across and was like, well, I've seen her in one film and it's Mission Impossible Ghost yeah, Protocol. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen her 500 times, but in this one film. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> She's good in it, though. Uh, you know, br- brings a certain level of uh, panicky believability. Is a good foil for Tom Cruise in a way that Jeremy Renner isn't. Because uh, Jeremy Renner for this movie bring in very little. Uh, but to be fair to him, given quite little to do, to be honest, he gets a bit more later, doesn't he? Like right, like yes, he, he gets yeah. to f- stretch his legs a little bit more. Mm. But yeah, quite literally, oh. uh, in one of the best moments of his role. <laughs> oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Good. Who else we got? Yeah. Who else um, we got? We got Michael uh, Nyqvist. That's an absolutely ridiculous I think it's surname. Nyquist, right? Nyquist. It or could something. be Nyquist. Yeah, Nyquist. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's, it hasn't got enough. Hasn't got enough vowels in it. Okay, fine. It's got two. Uh, got, it's not the same. Got, it's the same as your last. It's got name. one. It's got one vowel. It's got, and it's got one eye. Why is a vowel? Why is not a vowel? No, it's an honorary vowel. It's a not. Yeah, I mean, Adam. Adam is technically. I think correct, I was told at school it's considered honorary vowel. I think I had it described as a half. But you don't. You don't consider it a vowel. If you were on countdown going a vowel and a consonant, they're not going to bring out a fucking Y if you go vowel. They should, though, shouldn't they? They should, like, do they they not should bring out mix the in like, like one Y for every four of every yeah. other letter, maybe, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree, actually. We should write them a letter. Yeah. And we've got uh, Leah Sadu. Who's amazing Sado, in literally that? everything that she does. Yep. 
specially so she's in it video game Death Stranding. Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, in. she is in that. Uh, we saw her recently, Tom, in uh, David Cronenberg's Crimes, Crimes of, of the, the Future. future. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different deliveries of the movie yeah. title there. Yeah, uh, a movie that uh, Lucas would find deeply tedious. Oh, would I? Yes. Mm, absolutely, yeah. It's, absolutely. it's because you're shallow and without depth. Like a ghost. But why is that yeah. like a ghost? Also, do you know what a ghost uh, is? Josh Holloway, one for Lucas. Yeah, I was, I was, if one of you wasn't going to bring up the Josh Holloways in this film, I was going to fucking flip. Yeah. I believe his name is Sawyer in Lost. His name is James Ford, aka Sawyer. He's Who's, aka. Oh, okay, Sawyer, right. Sawyers. Okay, uh, yeah, he's one of the well, Lost boys, Lucas. isn't he? Yeah, boy. Do you want to talk about Lost? Because we've made our opinions clear, and you might want to embarrass yourself on. On the yeah, internet, I'll, just, I'll happily, I'll happily talk about my love of Lost. It's, it's the best. Go on then. Never on before then. or since has a TV show captured me in the way that Lost did, or the nation, or the well, nation. That's not true. That's not true. I don't know. I think don't Strictly know. Come Dancing captured <laughs> the nation that Lost did. <laughs> um, he's obviously in it because of the J.J. Abrams connection, right? The, the well, yeah. There. Although you talked about Lost a bit when you talked about J.J. Abrams, and I think you guys, uh, I know you, you, you know, you mentioned he's not in it for. Like he's not like involved he, he directs in the, whole the thing. pilot and then he produces the rest. Yeah, yeah, and his produce his production uh, like input consists of like he gets a check, basically. He would have had says on like casting and stuff. So I imagine you know the fact I that he produces he Lost. I mean, and- you're talking to someone who listens to the official Lost podcast, fucking subscribe to anything Lost related for six years, and knew everything about that show. The brains on that show were Damon and Loft Carton Cues. Like he was. No, so we should hold them accountable, and actually, JJ Abrams we should is always fine. You hold. Should, you should tell them congratulations on, on like for capturing the, mm. the heart and mind of the nation. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm-mm. there is no real special impetus for the fourth Mission Impossible movie, other than, hey, we need a new Mission Impossible film. That's, That's pretty much why this film was made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the same reason they're doing all the other ones, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Well, well no, no, no. And now at this point, it is, a, it is an exercise in, like, what can we get Tom Cruise to do? Well, no, but... Sure. But they're, they're, that's all Tom Cruise saying, what can I get myself to do? He had yeah. less input on, on this one than any of the others. This is the one that he was kind of least involved with in the initial uh, stages. Because after Mission Impossible 3, and due to some... Uh, erratic behaviour, Paramount cut ties with Cruz after years and years of collaboration. Cruz and his producing partner, um, Paula Wagner, they are given a stake in United Artists, but then Wagner leaves in 2008 and also dissolves their production company, Cruz Wagner Productions. Uh, so Tom Cruise, we've the already covered first, it. Or- they didn't literally dissolve it. Oh. They didn't get a big gun and dissolve it like acid. Um, but we, we've covered it on previous episodes. In, in this period of his career, Tom Cruise having a rough time. People seem to be distancing themselves from him, which is why the script for this movie was written without Tom Cruise officially having signed on to appear in it. Um, Tom Cruise is a producer, but Paramount owns the rights to the Mission Impossible franchise, so they don't need Tom Cruise to make another Mission Impossible film. And the intention, Lucas, is, is, is for him to completely loosen his grip on the franchise, have less of a say. Um, and uh, this is the first one in which they are planning for him to just take a back seat. Um, 
I obviously don't need to tell you that that's not what happened. And then they realise, oh shit, Tom Cruise is everything in this franchise. Yeah, he's like the sole driving force of the franchise <laughs> these days. But the, the original script, and in fact as far up as the shooting script, Ethan was going to become the secretary of the uh, IMF, the Impossible Mission Friends, and he was going to be sending Jeremy Renner and his team out on missions. That was the original play for this movie i mean i think if you were to if we were to ever get to the point where he can't physically do it anymore i think that it would be nice to make him the secretary wouldn't it in the future yeah you, can't, you some, wheel him out and give yeah, some yeah. young and like take over you know it'd be tom holland wouldn't it they give it to tom holland oh no don't he give becomes it to tom, holland. Give it to tom holland he becomes the new uh the new nathan hunt Oh, oh! It's his oh, son. It's God. his son. He didn't know he had. Oh, he calls this him is awful. Nathan. Don't write this movie. Don't write this movie. Don't write it. Um, He's known for having... playing Nathan's as well. <laughs> There's precedent. <laughs> having said all that, like the the dodgy sort of like uh, cruise stuff, it was something that studios, like lots of studios, did around this time. They were all trying to like. Do you remember they were all trying to like become a super focused on? The way we make money is franchises, and so we need to separate the franchises from the actors that sort of like uh, keep them keep them going. I suppose. What else like, we got apart from obviously Bourne? Well, Indiana Jones Four teased the Shia LaBeouf thing, yeah, which is it was kind of played as a joke, but also it kind of felt like, oh, we're feeling this out. How would you feel about this? And the way everybody felt about it was, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, Renner took over Bourne. Uh, the year after Ghost Protocol, um, and in the same year as Ghost Protocol, X Men First Class went yeah. the prequel route to to recast everybody. Best um, Pirates Pirates of the Caribbean had a fourth entry with only Jack Sparrow returning, and even he's in it sort of like less. Which is a weird one because that is you think if you're going to remove any like central character to try and distance, it's it's Jack Sparrow, isn't it? Isn't that right? The one yeah, you, isn't that the yeah, one yeah. you try and step away from? Yeah, probably, and 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 none of them work. Like Which they're doing the, right. The, in, the Pirates of the Caribbean six. things. Well, well, that's for an entirely separate reason. Yeah. It? Um, <laughs> uh, but none of them work. Like the X Men first class stuff, they fold back in the old actors. Um, Only for born. one film. Uh, they then keep it going for two yeah, more dreadful fair. movies, and then of and the then no way. And Days, then, of then, Days of Future, Days of Future Past is like the back. second one, and then they go kind of go. We've done that, and then they do three and four, yeah. which are all the and now prequel. they're folding them. Now they're folding them back into the MCU. We've had well, Patrick Stewart come what back. They're doing there. Who the fuck knows what they're doing there? Eh? Probably, probably not with any of the cast members we've seen, though. Yeah. Who knows? That'll be a full, full reboot. Who knows? And more importantly, who cares? Uh, the we all care. <laughs> I can see in Lucas's face; he's well up for I getting care. into a discussion about it. Bourne goes back yeah. to Damon for one more movie. They're like, "Oh, we can't end it on Renner. We've got to do. We got to do a fifth one that brings back Matt Damon." Is the fifth one um, good? No. Uh, Least memorable franchise ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the first three are quite good. No, yeah, no, no. They are quite good. No, they are quite yeah. good. Yeah, memorable. They're the least yeah. memorable. I have seen the first well, one, I reckon, five times, and I can tell you nothing that happens in that film. Well, we talk about form v function a lot on our other podcast. I think that's perfect. That's perfect meeting of form and function is <laughs> that you can't remember the Jason Bourne movies. Oh, good. Excellent. Um, the cruise Paramount thing, though, seems more specific. It's more like a we do not want to be involved with this person. Uh, anymore why is that um because of all the erratic behavior uh because of all of the 
uh, saying that uh, psychologists caused the Holocaust uh, because of all of the, I don't think people should be taking uh, antidepressants to cure their depression and they could do it with some Scientology auditing. Um, because he jumped up and down get, on a sofa. I was trying to get you to say the word, Adam. Right, okay. Because now, now you're on a list. <laughs> yeah, but Lucas, you're also on this podcast. I'm not saying the word. We're no, ask no, no, no. I, uh, Which I word? Support. What do you feel about those topics? How do you feel about uh, antidepressants and uh, and 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 the Holocaust? I feel like um, I would tonight. never want to say. I would never want to like single out Scientology as being as being bad or or a bad or or phony religion or, or having any bad impact because um I think that's true of every single religion actually. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't see yeah. it in any way. Scientology being worse than the other ones. It's just newer. Uh, probably a little bit. Uh, well, yeah. JJ Abrams uh, actually thinking actually killed, long t- killed fewer historically. People. Killed yeah, fewer if we're going people, total really, yeah. number of victims globally throughout all of time, surely Christianity's got yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah. They've got. Yeah, it. they've got it. With a bullet, smashed yeah. out of the park. There, absolutely good work. JJ <laughs> um, Abrams not able to direct. The, the The intention was for him to come back and direct the fourth instalment, um, but he did say he'd be, he'd be producing alongside Cruz. And when Brad Bird, the Birdman, um, is is announced as director, Cruz is confirmed as returning as Ethan Hunt alongside Jeremy Renner, Simon Pegg, etc. So at that point, what's happened behind the scenes? That's kind of smooth Nothing. things over because well at Nothing. some point they've obviously decided though they're not going to make him a minor character and they're going to make him the lead nope it, what it's when they start shooting oh they start shooting a different script and then go oh, he's quite good isn't he look at his they hair. are it's not even that they, they are shooting the film and they realize that there are some story problems okay and tom cruise as a producer brings in the writer of valkyrie christopher Macquarie, who had as we talked about, a good knack for writing and breaking like detail-oriented scripts. All the bag stuff, all the plan stuff in Valkyrie is the same as the case stuff, the two rooms heist stuff. It seems like, distilling, my, kind of, it seems like my kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Distilling all of those like complex sequences into something coherent and, and easy to follow. I have an actual quote from Christopher, Christopher McQuarrie who says... On Ghost Protocol, I came in on the middle of the shoot to do a rewrite of the screenplay, though they had already started the movie. I had to communicate with the entire staff to determine what I could and couldn't change, what sets had been built or taken down, what scenes I could or couldn't reshoot. I learned so much about production being right there. The script had these fantastic sequences in it, but there was a mystery in it that was very complicated. What I did was about clarity. The mystery had to be made simpler. It's like reaching into a sock and pulling it inside out. It's still a sock. It's still all the same pieces, but all put together in a different order. So some of it is some of the movies reshot. Uh, some of it is moved around. Certain aspects are played up. Others are played down. The stuff that's played down is the Jeremy Redder stuff. The stuff that's played. <laughs> the stuff that's played up is the Tom Cruise of it, right? Like Macquarie made significant changes, and one of them was like. What are you doing? You can't make Ethan Hunt not be the main character. Ethan Hunt has to be the driving force of the movie. The bulk of the final film is, like, similar, and up to a certain point, it's exactly the same. Uh, but we can we can get into that as we go. The, the, the mystery stuff is the Brant being connected to Ethan and Julia. Um, Which is very minor. 
as far as the film is concerned. You could, you it could is now, out. but that that was the driving force of the plot in the in the original screenplay. You could take it out. Instead, it then just becomes the 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 little bit of character development that Jez Renner gets. Jez, yes, Je- Jez, Jez Ren. Jez Ren. Um, about thirty minutes of the film is shot in IMAX. I saw uh, the IMAX prologue. Yeah. They did that, didn't they? They did the old, like, stick six minutes of it mm. uh, in front of another film at IMAX in front of as something. a treat. Yeah. Yeah, as a little treat, as a, as a thank you for going to the IMAX. Yeah. It's something that Brad Bird insisted on um, instead of the studio's suggestion to shoot the whole movie in 3D. Um, because around this point, do you remember everything was in 3D? Do you remember that? Oh, I hated it. Yeah. I you watched, hated um, it? Go on. I watched... Uh, I recently did a run of all the Harry Potter films because my wife had never read or seen any of them, so she read and saw all of them. Mm, um, contributing to more money for notorious turf, J.K. Rowling. Indeed. Um, and bought them on 4K Blu-ray as well. That's like... Bloody hell. That's, that's like a real money, money as well. Yeah. Um, that's an investment. And uh, there's a few bits in, this, in the very last two that were, that were, I remember, released in 3D that I'm like... That's a shot that they've done for 3D. People like start snake putting ones like at the screen. At the, and stuff. Yeah, a snake yeah. bites at a camera, and I was like, <laughs> I fucking hated that trend. With the exception of Tron Legacy, which is, of course, as we know, the um, one of the greatest pieces of cinema ever made. Uh, the best 3D movie is Brendan Fraser's Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Uh, it's fantastic. People start getting out like tape measures and stuff like that. There's an exploding can of snakes and things. Yeah, it's good. Uh, let's talk about the film. Had you seen this film before? Is that me? That's a ridiculous Whoever. question, Adam. Whoever. Keep it loose. Absolutely ludicrous question. I actually, I saw the prologue before The Dark Knight Rises in the IMAX. Um, yeah. I then didn't see it in the cinema, nor did I see Rogue Nation in the cinema. And the first Emission Impossible film I've ever seen in the cinema was Fallout. Okay. Well, that's just mad. But I had seen it before, but I don't remember like when and how and where. You didn't go and see Mission Impossible 3 in the cinema? Mm, don't think so. I might have seen two. What were you doing? What were you doing? There's no way Maybe you went we to see two. With him. Wait, how There's would no I be when you two came out? Two. What year was uh, two? You would have been 11. Oh, so it would have been like a classic watch it at home VHS situation. <laughs> yeah, for, it was a 15 for a start. Was that to let you in? Yeah. Um, what was I doing when Mr. 3 came Wait, out? What it? year was it? What year was it? 2006. 2006? 2006. Partying, yeah, man. Yeah. Busy partying. You were 17. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose you would have been. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, the movie opens uh, on an assignment in Budapest, uh, and it's your boy. It's one of the lost boys, Sawyer, really, Josh. I was, I was really like, I was really sad for him that he dies so soon. He uh, he dies twice. You get to watch he him die, die twice. twice. <laughs> I, I, it's like a great, it's like a great personal investment of mine to see people from Lost end up doing well, and there's been very little of it. Yeah, obviously Evangeline Lilly's done well because the show's so shit Evangeline Lilly's done well Dominic Monaghan was already known and some of the other ones have gone on to other TV shows of lesser quality the guy who plays uh, Locke crops up in loads of stuff. He was in the X Files movie in like yeah, it's a, but it's very very seldom is it films that he shows up in. It's they're mostly showing up in TV shows. Aren't oh, they? I just told like, you it was the X Files movie. So. Yeah, but like one movie. Yeah, fine. Well, and then like yeah. and like what's his name? Matt. Matt uh, LeBlanc, Fox, Matthew Fox, okay, it, like was in like a few bits and bobs, but never really. Was broke Matt LeBlanc out. in Lost or Matt LeBlanc not in Lost? No. Okay, 
moment. By was, for a long time, <laughs> people were like, what's in the hatch? What's in the hatch? And people were thinking, well, it's probably Matt LeBlanc. As it's Joey, set, it's the set of friends. Yeah, it's just him as Joey. Oh my god! Because obviously apartment. that's the one character in the Friends that didn't really get any kind of resolution, is it? And so they were like, "Well, we'll put him in a hatch." Well, they did. They did try and give him his own TV series. Yeah, no, and it was remember, all set do you down Joey? the hatch. Yeah, it was all set it was, down the hatch. That, that's what was in the hatch. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting. Uh, it is a very. This is what I was talking about. Like. Uh, Brad Bird's like kinetic sort of style of directing. That shot where you're following him down off the roof. Very cool. And when the thing uh, somehow, I've no idea what the mechanism is of that inflatable. He throws it. Does he throw it? <laughs> he throws it down and it's either on a timer or it knows when you're just about to hit the floor and then it expands. I, think I didn't know it. if it was a, I didn't know if it was like a, um, like a, the world is not enough. It comes out of his coat type situation. No, you can see him throw it just before he jumps oh, off he? the off off the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's he's surely surely it could just hit the ground and then just automatically deploy upon impact. Yeah, but it that's not need as to deploy exciting. Just before you hit it, that's not as exciting. No, that's not as exciting. Okay, so Sorry. so if you I mean, threw it, movie... if you jumped off of like the Empire State, threw yeah. it, mm-hmm. yeah, it still wouldn't inflate until you're like six feet from the ground. I'm going to be honest, I think it's because he jumps and then throws it. It can't be that far in front of him. Yeah, valid. (laughs) (laughs) They're falling at more or less the same rate. He'll have put a little bit of extra on it, you know? If you threw it off the Empire State, I dare say that it might rotate or float away before you land on it. Sorry, are we going to do this for every shot of the movie? Yeah. Yeah, because I mate, I've got extensive notes, mate. We're, we're nowhere near. I've got near. somewhere to yeah. be. I've got. I've got three pages of just. <laughs> what, what, where have you just got to be? It's more important than talking it's... about Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. That's true. That's true. And more importantly, like more more specifically, talking about the technology in Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, because a lot of it is mm. absolutely ludicrous, absolutely mental. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, you can't matter. One percent. They're now never has what, existed and never this, will exist. I mean, this film is the one that sets up the whole, um, you know, the whole idea of Mission Impossible moving forwards, which is just ridiculous stunts. And yeah, the technology we can we can do anything. If the, if there is a gadget uh, that we need for the sake of the plot, it exists. Yeah, but then Rogue Nation brings it back a little bit. That's that's why because I, I, I interestingly right, I prefer Rogue Nation to Ghost Protocol, which is against. I'm I'm a salmon swimming upstream. Okay, it's it's against the current, but Rogue Nation Rogue Nation brings it back to uh, espionage and spies and you know stuff like that rather than just purely silliness. This one's very silly. Um, some of the technology is is ludicrous, a- absolutely ludicrous. The the eye tracking screen thing. We'll get to stupid. that. Yeah. Stupid, stupid, incredible, so stupid. Adam, this is a franchise where somebody had a facial reconstruction device that he could keep within his jacket. Which one yeah. was that? Mission Impossible 2. Did he? Was On it? the fly, he managed to replicate an entire man's face and his own face and swap them round all in about a minute. Well, that's, that's the thing is that the mask, uh, the mask creating technology seems to have gotten worse in the last sort of yeah. like 10 years. It now takes way longer than it worse. did. And yeah, also, yeah. like, we can't say that the gadgets are ridiculous. Like, like, since the first one, they've had this magical mask system that can perfectly represent another human's face mm. and and body type and body type somehow yeah it's weird well i mean do, do they use and the team don't use any masks in this one do they no 
No, they desperately want to use masks. Well, Benji's bang up for some not masks, able to. and he gets no mask action until, bang up until well, six. Well, you you'd, you'd want to do the cool stuff, wouldn't you? You'd want to, you'd do want to rip cool off the stuff. little bit of hair. What do, what do the female agents do? Because they've got the little tuft of hair that's like your voice box, right? But it's like disguised a little bit of hair to look like it's kind of... No, no, it's not. That happens in four. No, uh, that happens in it's two. Like a little micro, it's like a little... Microchip. It's not disguised as hair. It's not the way that it's hidden on the lower neck. Is it's like? Are you sure it's not just some actual hair? It's up here. It's up on the the Adam's apple. And and it just looks like skin. Yeah. I swear. In two, there's a bit where it's like it's a bit hair. There's a close. There's a close up of it, and you can see like little microchip stuff. But as soon as you go to a wide, it's 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 invisible. Come on, Lucas. Jesus Christ. Do you reckon on, they would have put a bit of hair? Like, they, they're replicating a, man, little... a man's entire face and body and voice, but they go, or oh, put a bit of hair on it, otherwise it's not believable. <laughs> Has he got any hair? Does the actual man have any hair on his throat? No, doesn't matter. Put a bit of hair on it, he's... and then we'll all believe it's actually Philip Seymour Hoffman because he's got some hair on his throat. He can only uh, impersonate neckbeards. That's the only thing yeah. that he can do is the people that just have the underbeard sort of thing. That's why he goes everywhere as Abraham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> look, this agent is killed by Leia Sido, who's excellent in this movie and is excellent in literally everything that she's in. Is she um, in this movie? Yeah, she's so good. She's so she good. She just kind of looks very... She kind of just does expressions and says little yeah. and just looks suspicious. Yeah, excellent. She's well in like two Ryan scenes. Gosling gets away with that. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, who yeah, gets away with that? Great. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, also yeah. overrated. He says little and he does some expressions. Yeah, it's good shit. You know, it's good shit. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we cut to a prison. And again, what, what were we saying last week about Night and Day? The first film that becomes like, is, is like truly obsessed with Tom Cruise's profile. First thing that you see really is like, you see the back of his head and then you just get his nose. Like, it's taken, yeah. like, 30 years to realise that Tom Cruise has an excellent nose, which is really weird to me. Um, what, what happens? And in, it, well, in this scene, I thought for a while he was throwing a ball around because, obviously, a ball would have a certain amount of physical... It's a rock. You know, you'd be able to predict where it would go. Yeah. It's a fucking rock. Ow, that's and he how still good he gets is. it in real life over and over again. That's how good he is. That's how good he is, Ethan Hunt. I mean, it's a CGI rock. But uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've come to assume that everything's real now. <laughs> hey, wait, have they got have they got the technology in the IMF that he can have a, a CGI rock in his hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it's Ethan Hunt. He's in a Russian prison. Uh, he's he's broken out by Jane Carter, Benji, who's now in the field, and of course, uh, Ethan also rescues Bogdan, the the best character. In the movie, um, and he calls him Sir. So he calls him Sergey. Which Sergey, isn't yeah. that also what uh, he goes by in Mission Impossible Two when he's impersonating a Russian guy with the the guy on the plane that he sat with? No, that's Dimitri. Oh, it's Dimitri, and and he's not going as Dimitri. Two nil. Yeah, that's that's famously not Grace Tom Cruise's yeah, Ethan Hunt. Grace Scott. Oh, is it? Jesus Christ! Yeah. There's so much Have mask. Act- There's so much two? mask action in that oh. film. I can't remember. His... Did you come on to the? Did you come on this podcast and not watch the other Mission Impossible films in preparation? Because I've watched them all relatively recently. I did consider not it. recently enough. Not recently enough. Clearly, I will be watching your level five and of six, though, your now, level because... of knowledge of Mission Impossible Two is absolutely fucking laughable. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Um, For listeners, Lucas is actually crying. Yeah. <laughs> He's got just a single tear. Um, I really CGI like this action tear, sequence. I, I really yeah. like this action sequence. Um, it, it's like, uh, it's actually pretty brutal. Uh, the, the, all of the hand-to-hand combat in this, you can watch all of the people that we're supposed to be, like we're supposed to be on their side, you know, they're our protagonists. You can just watch them give random people life-changing injuries. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. absolutely great. Uh, there's so many like just lightly fractured backs and uh, arms that are like bent the wrong way and stuff like that. Um he gets Bogdan out. Does a little shrug. A... Does a little cool shrug to the guards. Can't forget that. Yeah, absolutely. Little, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, they, you know, Bogdan gets delivered uh, sort of elsewhere, and we get like a flashback to the failed op. Right, the 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 thing that we opened with. We don't see a lot of detail of it, and we get a flashback now. Um, well, first, first, you're surely going to mention the fact that he literally says the words light the fuse and then yeah. they light the fuse of the opening credits <laughs> and that is yeah. the name of the yeah. song right no i believe the mission impossible theme is called light the fuse is it is it not called mission impossible theme? i think, I think it's, i'm pretty sure it's called mission impossible theme but bef- lucas's bef- while, while facts lucas on this, this has been way off jesus well. no I'm <laughs> are we just glossing over the miniature black hole that guess they, what guys they used to that get that song to- is called light the fuse I in think he's made partic- it up. Nope. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. In this particular one? Uh, official oh, soundtrack. That track oh, the, is the called Light the Fuse. Yeah, yeah. But okay, the track sure. is the Mission Impossible theme. So mm. that's at least half a point. Wait. All right, we'll give you half a point. In terms of technology, mm. considering we have discussed technology so far... Um, oh, the way they drill into yeah, the prison. We- it's not a drill, it's a black hole. <laughs> it just melts the ground into nothing. Yeah, it, su- it sucks the ground literally into nothing and then just go, just jump down. Don't worry about it, just jump down. Yeah, Jump through the black hole. It's a good way of getting you to accept all of the silliness that's that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Brad... There is one gadget in this film that I take such an issue with and we'll get to it, but my word. Is it? Is it? Is it the suit? Is it is it the the magnetic suit? No, because that one winds me up. That one absolutely no. winds me up. Um, <laughs> so what uh, we are kind of filled in on on the story though, because that flashback, which is actually really well done, and actually Josh Holloway does a really good job of being a secret agent. I reckon. Um, bring him back. Wasn't yeah, really dead. He's, he's Wasn't dead. really dead. Do a prequel. Do a prequel. Goes rogue. Nah, do, he becomes. He goes rogue. Oh, forms some kind of nation. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, nuclear codes that's the whole sort of MacGuffin of this one and I know it's still a MacGuffin but I was at least pleased that we're back to like knowing what it is do you know what I mean yeah it's an actual thing yeah like every every like spy movie or whatever action thriller they all have a MacGuffin mm-hmm. like every James Bond movie has a MacGuffin it's like a space laser or something you know something but it's not the rabbit's foot and it's not the Zephyr from Night and Day no, you know it's it's actually it's a, a thing. real thing. What's the MacGuffin in Casino Royale? Is it money? Uh, is it one hundred and sixty million dollars? The MacGuffin in Casino Royale is the casino. Everyone wants the casino. I think it's I yeah. think it's the money that everyone's after. Okay, essentially, yeah. To be to be fair, that one might not have a MacGuffin. I think it's the money. Not all of them I think it's do. The money. I do have the note: <laughs> quick setup with big and more importantly clear stakes. Very clear. It's. I liked it. 
there's nuclear bombs and we need to stop people from getting the like firing yeah. the nuclear bombs. And, a, yeah, and yeah, apparently yeah. the film was going to open with it was originally going to open with uh like that guy doing a speech like a I'm going to nuke the world speech and they decided it was boring and instead had Josh Holloway do a little bit of action. Well they used that that Yeah, they used like a little clip case, of it later, right? They have a little on. brief. Yeah. I think that was that was originally going to be like the intro to the film. That's before you know like his main uh sort of I mean his his motivation for wanting to do this the, the villain M- M- Michael Nyquist's uh character yeah. is like bond villain level stuff the yes. idea that it's like an evolutionary 1960s bond yeah film. like the strong yeah. must survive and the weak will perish like sort of thing and that's the yeah. only reason that he's doing it is is fascinating for a mission impossible movie um they are told that they have to infiltrate the kremlin to find out who this person that wants the nuclear codes is he's only known as cobalt which is uh, it's, a, it's a cool name it is a cool name is that all they're there to do is find out who it was? Yeah, that they so want to look in the archives to, get... to find out who the code name Cobalt is. They're not there to get the thing that he ultimately ends up getting at the same no, time. I can't imagine day. that the US that the US government, whoever direct or indirectly, would be like, Yeah, we want to send Ethan Hunt into the Kremlin to steal the actual Russian nuclear code wow. so that nobody else could steal the Russian nuclear code. I don't think that would go down well. It's about the, in, it's information, the isn't it? They're after information. Yeah. They get given um, the mission. Who has more information than the other person? The way he gets given the mission, little phone box mm. that doesn't work. Mm. Uh it's not it's not Oakley's sunglasses delivered by a rocket, is it? No, it's, it's not, not quite. But it same. is also slightly cooler than the disposable camera from the third one. Yeah, uh, which, which Lucas would know about if he'd seen it. If he'd bloody seen, seen it. Rabbit's it. foot. Oh, remember, recently? Rec- have you seen it recently? In the last year. Well, that's not maybe, recent. Maybe. That's not recent. Not recently That's enough. not recent. I saw The Outsiders in the last year. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. I didn't because I uh, recently. don't watch all the films. <laughs> What this movie essentially is, and I think what what makes it so sort of like successful, is the fact that it knows that the best bits of the Mission Impossible movies are the heists, and so yeah. it's just it's just three heists. So this is that's why all, I picked, that's all the yes. movie is. Yeah. The reason I requested to come on for this film was because it's, it's real heisty, and I yeah, you flip flop between this and Rogue Nation, right? And I, I and ultimately I picked this because I I like the heists in this because I'm a, I'm a real heisty boy. I really mm-hmm. love a heist movie and a plotty. Plan, lots of business going on, and then they execute the business. Obviously, never yeah. successfully, but you know, generally, lots of business. That's the thing about the three film. heists yeah. in this movie is they consistently go wrong at every turn, which well, is obviously that something that carries over from Valkyrie that we know Christopher McQuarrie is very good at writing, and something that then continues into the rest of the Mission Impossible franchise. The Mission Impossible franchise becomes known for being like the plan keeps going wrong and they keep having to make it up as they go. And the whole vibe of this film is people looking at Ethan Hunt and going, are you sure that this is right? And him going like, oh, I'll probably be fine. Let's I mean, just it, keep it, going. It, it, I and mean, this is almost why this is a bit of a, like a, not a soft reboot by any stretch, but like it kind of changes the direction a bit because they, they, they make, they humanize Ethan Hunt that bit more because there's bits where he looks genuinely scared. Yeah. Like, like he's scared to climb that building and yeah and also the yeah. all the things fuck up and they have to just wing it 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I enjoyed the most, is that it's, like, he's not... Like, Mission Impossible 1, 2, and 3 make a big deal out of, like, these big aerial assault things. There's, like, a big pendulum in the third one. There's the vents in the second one. And then there's the silent room in the first one. But they're all because that's what Ethan has chosen to do. And this is the first one where it's, like, no, this is the only thing that you can do. Like, you have to do it. And it's a last-minute decision as well. Like he doesn't, he doesn't go in knowing he's going to have to scale the Burj Khalifa. Yeah. It's 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 an audible yeah. that is called two minutes before he does it. <laughs> the um, but the whole Kremlin heist is sensational. I love it. So oh, much. it's great! Yes. It's great. Uh, I I love when I something very specific I love in movies, and they've done it in a couple of the Mission Impossible ones. Is where um, Tom Cruise has to impersonate someone, and the photo they show of them is Tom Cruise already in the makeup. Yeah, I love was that. that done? Yeah, <laughs> well, well, it was done. <laughs> well, that's not what I mean. But it's great that, like, that's how we ensure he looks exactly like the person, is we just show you a picture of Tom Cruise in the makeup. Bear, bearing in mind, and I think Benji mentions it, they have the mask technology. I know. Yeah, so it would be easier to disguise what? him as the actual man for whom they would have the actual ID. <laughs> but they just do a bit of a prosthetic nose and well, some is eyebrows. He, is he playing an actual stash. man? Is he not just playing, they've just made up a... A major of some yeah. kind. They've just no. But, but they show a picture Ru- of him and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, well, it's general, but they are but they are general. There are real Russian Pop- majors Pop- though. Yeah, yeah. He could just replace one. There of are them. real ones. Yeah. <laughs> In I that mean, scene, that... when uh, when they're doing the little like tricking the guard, like mm. making him double check the the bad guys in the background. He's just hovering. Yeah, hovering Ooh, around. Interesting. Yeah. That's also the same trick from Valkyrie, right? When well, he's like, they're like hanging out in the background, yeah. just like no, 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 no. sneaking. Him, him saying like phone your superiors <laughs> if you're not going to let me through uh, is yeah. is what he does in Valkyrie to get out of uh, Hitler's Hitler's den, um, and then uh, the eye tracking thing, amazing, uh, yeah, absolutely the same. The big screen that they cover the hallway in that is perfectly that, that sized to fit this exact hallway. <laughs> and yeah. remember, they got this mission four hours ago. Yeah, it's four yep. hours from the van to the Kremlin. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just. D- does that technology exist? You're in AV, Lucas. You should know. Eye tracking exists. Eye tracking exists in like smaller forms, right? Like VR headsets have now got eye tracking. You can look. Mm. It follows where you're looking. Fun yeah. enough. Me and you talked about this the other night because we saw each other a few days ago, and yeah. literally the day after watching this film. I was showing my wife a video of like this really cool art piece that's like projection mapping and it's all like moto motor what's it called when like motion tracking like motor motion tracking projection maps and I was like oh look how cool this is and it's incredible it like looks all 3D and real and she's like I don't get it it's, it, it looks easy like what why, why is this difficult to achieve I was like no this is incredible the, the to get the tracking to fit with the camera and in the end I went right I'm going to need to explain the tracking stuff. I'm just going to show you this scene from Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol that I watched literally <laughs> yesterday. And look at what it's doing. It's tracking his eyes because you need to follow the perspective. That's what it's doing. So mm, it's also yes. a good learning tool is this film. Okay, cool. So they, maybe people could put this on in like class at school or whatever and yeah. go, you know, this is how eye, eye tracking works. Um, it's a, guys, it's a great, it's so quiet. I love how it's a really um, quiet scene. Like there's well, no the music. Is, it's like there is no way that I would investigate a dripping noise. 
If, I'm going to say that I think the drip somehow the dripping noise for me, even though the the technology exists definitely for the dripping noise, yeah. and doesn't definitely exist in that to that degree for the eye scanning. The dripping noise is somehow less believable. I actually when think it. you're wrong there. I think the dripping noise is a less realistic thing. To throw the noise, like it, you only That's hear so it. That's so easy. That's is so it? easy. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah. People, people can do that literally with their voice, with their yeah. own bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What and they can throw their own bodies. <laughs> yeah, it's called astral no, projection. They, they, yeah, <laughs> God, don't, don't you know how to do that? <laughs> Are you talking about throwing I'm your not voice? Even in my you're house. talking about when people throw their own voice. Yeah. Isn't that just like what you're actually yeah. doing? Is you're just doing like ventriloquist. You're just not moving your mouth and you're pretending. No, to move. no, yeah, no. You're making it sound like it comes is. from behind yeah. someone or whatever. That's where ventriloquism comes from. That literally, the, the I think I the mean, word ventriloquism is, stems from. Well, no, the word ventriloquism I think stems from like stomach voice or something. It is there's literally no about. There's no way it means stomach voice. As a good, as a good, uh, as a good TikToker that I that it, I said he pops up on my it, feed where he does like the ventriloquist thing, and his main gimmick is that he just does his voice but on a delay, where he'll say a word in like ventriloquist, but he'll speak with his mouth, and it just looks like he's on a delay. He'll say it in ventriloquist. In ventriloquist. I mean, I don't know what it literally means. Uh, why is it called ventriloquist? It derives from the Latin for belly and to speak. Okay, so yeah, it looks like Tom oh, was right. Yeah, like one point. Get fucked, two. mate. <laughs> so Tom's on one That's point. That's fucking embarrassing. But yes, Adam, you are right. Like, would, if your job is to guard the Kremlin, mm. I don't think you're getting up to investigate a small dripping noise. I'd call a plumber. No, is what I'd do. I'd probably yeah. do nothing. I'd just, I'd just go, really? Probably probably a minor drip. Yeah. Especially when, wasn't, isn't one I'd, of the rooms he goes to check it in? Like you. A toilet. Is it? I mean, isn't yeah, it's probably f- coming from there then, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably it's coming from the toilet, from. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd get up and I'd, I'd probably move to one side of the desk and try to work out which direction it was coming from. Yeah. But that, considering that that, is, that would be my job, I don't think I'd leave the desk. That would be a bit of a, an assumption on... I, I, I wouldn't have thrown... Uh, a drip I'd have thrown someone saying oh can you, can you come here a second from like <laughs> just like over, over the right or something and then throw it the other way so that he has to walk across that's what I'd have done that's um, what I'd have done I'd have uh, age old trick it's timeless works every time just mm. laxative in the tea like the first one classic or, well, yeah. or Mr Bean the ultimate disaster movie yeah sure I think Mission Possible came first I mean, I might be wrong. I think Mr. B, the ultimate disaster, was not spooky noises. Consult the texts. <laughs> spooky noises, like and, ooh, yeah, like ooh, to get him to Mr. run the other way. Mr. B movies, nineteen ninety-seven, yeah, exactly. mate. Yeah, nineteen ninety-seven. Wow. So invented the it. put diarrhea, some toilet diarrhea pills in no, the coffee. Mission Impossible was nineteen ninety-six, mate. What are you talking oh, about? Said, no. What are you talking about? Um, You've embarrassed yourself again. They do manage to get into the vault. Uh, The files are empty, though. Um, And then someone someone comes over their broadcast uh, to kind of, like, reveal that they're there. But it's not one of them. It's one of the bad guys. It's the bad guy, like, revealing them. We saw him just a few moments ago. Just a few moments ago. I love the guy, that the guard, who's been tricked this whole time when he sees the screen and just, like, holds it and looks at it and goes, like... Oh, yeah. for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> it's so annoying. Also, you're forgetting, um, the, very, also like you're the, forgetting the very funny it's, moment it, where Benji's face is in front of the camera. Oh, yeah. That is good, yeah. I that do like all that good. business. Yeah. I love all the business. 
I like that the the idea that the Kremlin guard has therefore kind of come across this sort of thing before. Yeah, like it's not an absolute like what the uh, fuck it's is one this? of those like, every month there's someone. Bloody... <laughs> yeah. Um, they have to escape. Last week it was a cat noise. <laughs> they they have to escape, and they do escape. Uh, but then a bomb destroys the Kremlin. Um, in the worst CGI I've ever seen. It's not great, is it? It's, yeah, it has really, well. really bad. It is eleven but years old. Don't get old to at see the- There's been things. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, that, this is years, what we pointed out. Avatar, we pointed out last week. Avatar. It's like there's a pretty dodgy plane crash in Night and Day, and it comes out the year after Avatar, which like yeah. still looks pretty great. Yeah, yeah. This is t- this is three years after Iron Man, which looks was great. that good? Was that good CGI? Yeah, CGI, and that's great. Is it? Old Marvel have good CGI, Adam. You've just forget. You've just forgotten because of Thor: Love and Thunder. I mean, the CGI in recent Marvel movies has been absolutely... It's, it's mad the things that they will CGI now. Because that's the thing about Iron Man, is that yeah. some of it was physical. That's why the suit looks so yeah. good, is that he was in the suit. And then he started to demand 20 million, and then he started to demand 20, 20 million, million, and, and I don't have to get PJs. changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it becomes all CGI. Um, Ethan we Hunt- don't get to see the Kremlin blow up often in, in films. No. Not often enough. It's oh, quite genuinely. Geez, it's quite nice. Well, that, not oh, yeah. Oh, come on, oh, not, yeah, not take, at the moment. Well, in. no, at the moment though. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, Russia are the bad yeah. guys now, aren't they? They're the bad guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and they haven't for the last. They haven't been for the last sixty years. So, <laughs> if there's ever, if there's, if we ever reach world peace, who, what country is just going to be like? Well, they're the villains in things because it's always Russia, Britain again. It's always yeah, Russia. Britain. I mean, I, I, I think we deserve it. I think we should, we're due a go. Yeah. I mean, North Korea, isn't it? Basically. If there's ever true world peace, everyone, we're all, we're all on the same side. Oh, definitely Britain then. Well, you should make yeah. up a nation, don't well, you? You should make up a nation. That, yeah, that, that'll only happen nation. when we're attacked bait, by aliens. Bait Britain. <laughs> Did you say mate Britain? <laughs> Big mate Britain. <laughs> They're both good. <laughs> mate Britain. <laughs> Ethan ends up in the hospital, doesn't he? Because he's not very well. Bless him. Oh, poor boy. Um, boy. Yeah, I know. Uh, and he's like, uh, he meets a Russian agent who accuses him of, of masterminding uh, the attack, who ends up chasing him throughout the entire sort of uh, sort of movie. Rather unnecessarily, in my opinion. Ah, he's more necessary than uh, Jeremy Renner's character. He's, he's, ne- he's not well utilised plot-wise, but he is necessary in the sense that if he didn't, if he wasn't constantly chasing and therefore turning up at the end, there'd be no evidence that Tom Cruise wasn't, or Ethan Hunt wasn't the bad guy. It's also nice to have, have a little have bit of pressure, you know, a little pressure behind them yeah. as well as in front of them to be to be chasing and being chased. I don't think at any nice point parallel. when he wasn't on screen was I think about him being like a few steps behind them at any point. No, that's I, I think that's what's good though. Is like you're constantly reminded, like, oh yeah, and they're being chased as well. Um, he escapes the hospital, obviously. Uh, there's the little... He, he grabs a little paperclip. I love all the little details. Like, he grabs the paperclip, and therefore, when the nurse picks up the clipboard, all the papers fall off, and all these little these little breadcrumbs that Brad Bird puts in. Uh, and then, obviously, I, I he like escapes that... from the window down on, via the van to the street is demented. Yeah. Absolutely brutal <laughs> so, fall onto the floor. 
Yeah, it really can is. We, can we point out that, that there's like a line from a nurse or something going, oh, he's lucky to be alive. Basically, he's he's at death's door yeah. and then he's just like, no, nah, I'm just going to go out the window, mate. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. But I also like that like uh, he's surprised it worked as well. Like they both have that yeah. moment where Ethan's now on the street and the the Russian agent is still up by the window and they look at each other like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm still alive, which is great. That's now the Mission Impossible template of just like fully sending it of just like now I'm going to do this and see what happens. Um, and then the IMF, the Impossible Mission friends, they extract Hunt from. Moscow, because the Russians have called the attack an undeclared act of war, uh, and the US president has activated Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol. Which, of course, is when they disavow the entire uh, Impossible Mission Friends. Um, I don't think I've ever heard the word disavow in anything yeah. other than a Mission Impossible yeah. film. No. It, it, yeah, it was invented for the series, I think. Um, is it a word? Yeah. If the- yeah, of course it is. Yes, obviously it's a word. Adam, if if the Impossible Mission Friends get disavowed, does that make them the imaginary Mission Friends? Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking idiot. Um, (laughs) So he meets up with the Secretary of the IMF and we're introduced to his sort of like right-hand man, Brandt, this this, this analyst, this agent that is now an analyst. Absolute Um, fucking nerd. What a square. Yeah. What Fucking a square. Absolutely four eyes. But also, when he meets him and he's trying to get a uh, description of the guy and Ethan draws it on his hand and it's a perfect yeah. drawing of the guy. <laughs> it's very funny. He's so good at everything that he can just draw this guy on his hand. Uh, that's great. There's, there's, And also, there's been some like vague, vague mentions of like, the sacrifice that Ethan has been through, and people saying that they they miss Julia and stuff like that. So we're we're unsure what's what's going on there. Um, I think at that the point I... they have they have vaguely set up that that his wife and him were 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 not together anymore, and something about Ethan Hunt got put in prison for doing something. Right, that's basically yes, as far as we have... know at this point. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. rumours of an unsanctioned hit. Is what it. is what they've said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the idea is is that Ethan and his team are going to take the blame for the attack on the Kremlin, uh, but the IMF secretary is like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It would be, wouldn't it be a shame if you escaped and overpowered me? And wouldn't it be a shame if you went to this specific location where the rest of your team are waiting? Which, which is great watching it as a film, but as soon as you start thinking about how this would actually play out in real life, it's just like... I don't think this would hold up in some sort of weird, like, international legal court or something. It's being like, no, no, I didn't tell him to do all this stuff. I told him he wouldn't do all these things and then listed them all. Like, if you're in the fucking car, you'd just be like, go to this place, do that, do this, do that. He's not allowed to give him those instructions. Even on the courtroom, he's on the stand going, no, 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 I didn't tell him uh, to overpower me. And even in courtroom, he goes, big wink. But isn't isn't that the the story of all of the Mission Impossible movies? Isn't he always working outside yeah. of the parameters of the IMF? I think isn't like, it? He's oh, either isn't on it, the run. Fallout. He's, he's finally thing. just on the no. job the whole time. I don't think so. I don't think he is. Yeah, he at no point. I think oh, in Fallout does he go no, rogue? No, no. Oh, I think there's a big point when they go rogue. Mm. No, the the other one. The goes. IMF go after them, but are they really going after them? Because really, the bad guy might be going after them. Mm. Do you remember she that she she like she sends a CIA agent after Ethan 
and that's played by Henry Cavill. And doesn't she become like head? Or yeah, the, the CIA are like versus the IMF. But I think at that point the IMF are still like they still exist. They're still formally on the bo- I mean, formally on the books. Ugh. I mean, who knows? But I mean, this is the thing: is that before Hunt can quote unquote escape, the secretary is killed by Russian security forces, uh, which means that Hunt and Brand have to like escape. And now this is where the original screenplay got up to and stops and. The original screenplay would have been Hunt takes over the secretary job right now and sends Jeremy Renner on the rest of the mission. Oh, okay. But how would he have taken over the secretary job if he's, like, the one who's accused of blowing up the Kremlin? It would have been a different script. I'm not sure he would have been accused at that point. Also, we haven't mentioned the secretary is played by Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, doing an, an awful American accent. Terrible. I didn't notice. Yeah, I didn't really notice. It's because he does, because he does an equally awful I, one in Batman Begins, and so I'm kind of used to it. I was probably oh, also waiting for him to get shot in the head. It's yeah, quite, he it's actually quite a gruesome death for what I assume is a 12A. Yeah. I think it is a 12A, yeah. The, the the shot of the inside of the car as it goes into the river is really good as well, because you can see Tom Cruise like become weightless and hit the ceiling and then flop back down. Um, they escape, but because he attaches a flare to a dead body and sends it down the river. I love that we're watching that and we're going, that's fucking ridiculous. No one would fall for that. And so the script writers went, no one's going to fall for that. Well, add in line in the next scene where they discuss how ludicrous well, that was Bra- and that nobody again, would fall Brant's for it. Because Brant's a fucking nerd. He's a square. So he's like, yeah. what's your scenario? Yeah. And he's like, I'm just, just just play it by my gut. And he's like, but what's Yeah, this, Ethan's what's like, like, no, I'm, I'm all vibes these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing this all by vibes. Um... Is this how you see us, Adam? Whereas I'm all like plot oriented, <laughs> oriented and you're all like vibe oriented. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're Ethan Hunt, and I'm Brant. Yeah, what's something? What's a film that's really plot heavy? Because uh, that would probably be your favourite film in the world. What, what's a film that's really? Well, really I mean, I was on this heavy. podcast to talk about a few good well, it'd be men, like, which was that's very really plot heavy. Plot heavy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's I was going to say memento. memento. That's yeah, a, that's all plot, isn't it? It's yeah, plot, yeah. Plot, it's also plot, probably plot. why you have a problem with the ending of Interstellar to stay on Nolan for a bit because that movie gives up on its yeah. plot and goes, "Now nah, we're vibes now." And it's weird that, that, then, and it's weird that I, I enjoy the ending of it because I'm generally on the Ashford camp of these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's because you didn't understand it. Yeah, basically. I think actually, yeah, if, if we're talking about things, if we're talking about not understanding, I'm not getting into it. No, go on, go on, go on. Didn't you guys, when you were talking about Lost previously? Uh, then go on yeah. to discuss incorrectly how that show ends. No. I don't well, neither one of us have seen okay, it. Then don't worry about it. I won't spoil yeah. it for, you know, people who have still haven't treated themselves to watching all of Lost, so. All I know is that it ends shitly because yeah. it's shitly written. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's one of those Game <laughs> of Thrones things where all the fans go like, oh my God, I can't believe that the quality dived off in the last season. But anybody who actually knows anything about anything knows that the quality is maintained at that level since it started. Same for Lost. You're wrong. Same for Game of Thrones. And you're a grotesquely <laughs> ugly freak. <laughs> There's loads of tech in the train car that they all meet up in. They're a big team yeah. now. And there's loads of technology and stuff. That should not work. Why shouldn't it work? If, it's, if, the, if, if Ghost Protocol, is, if the IMF is dead, 
You think they should remotely shut it down? Well, everything. It's all going to rely on satellites and servers and stuff. Like, that stuff isn't just, yeah, like, running all, like, locally. That will all rely on connections to things that presumably have been now shut down. Well, actually, Disagree. actually, if it's if it's a safe house, yeah. as it is... It would have to be unconnected from the rest of the world. it probably does run on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would have to be, to some degree, it would have to be unconnected. It would have to be, like... Disconnected. On its own. Yeah, disconnected. That's right. Unconnected, disconnected. Don't you write thing. books, Tom? Yeah. Unconnected. He doesn't just write them. Two different words. Turns them out. Dis- at disconne- incredible disconnected. Rate. I don't know how he does it. It's like incredible. Four rate. books a year Dis- or something. It's the quarterly yeah, Ashford three, three and book. And a half. Calm down. Ghostwriters. It's all ghost. It's all ghostwriters. Ghostwriters. Ghost Ghost, ghost, ghost pro. Um, <laughs> Lucas, disconnecting would be to have two things that are connected and to disconnect them. Unconnected would be two things that were never connected in the first. You know yeah, he's right. He writes books. He writes he's books. Fucking right. <laughs> Churns them out. Um. Churns them out. And the, honestly, I just write that in the books. If you open it up, you'll just find random descriptions of how words work. Do you ever, when you're writing characters, Tom, like uh, think like, well, I'm just yeah. going to make this person Adam, or like someone you know, and just be like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to roughly base this character off of like this person for some shorthand. Well, a lot of people in my current series are aliens. Yeah, so, so Adam. Yeah. So, he, so they're yes. all Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, this this basically the the train car scene just sets up the stakes for the next heist, right? Uh, they identify Cobalt as Kurt Hendricks, who's a Swedish-born Russian nuclear strategist who believes the weak must die for the strong to survive, and so he plans to start a nuclear war that which will begin the next stage of human evolution. Absolute le- absolute <laughs> legend! What a legend! Yeah, top lad. <laughs> um. He bombed the Kremlin. He has the Russian nuclear launch control device now, uh, and he needs its codes from the Budapest courier that we have been sort of like involved with from the beginning in order to launch a nuclear missile at America. That is what he needs. And so the idea is that this exchange between the assassin who picked up the nuclear codes at the beginning of the movie and Hendrix's right-hand man, Wistrom, is due to take place at the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. And so Ethan Hunt's plan is to separately convince Moreau, who's the assassin, and Wistrom that they have made the exchange to each other, but they've actually made it with members of the IMF team. Great. Great setup for a heist. Instead yeah, of just fake being rooms, like well, masks, the, exchanges, the idea great. that they basically the idea if it had gone smoothly is both are convinced that meeting happened. Yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when they turn this up, is where my see... least this is where my 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 gadget beef comes in. Okay, go right. for it. First of all, he he specifically says the words. All we've got is us and the contents of this room when they're in the yeah. like train car. Fucking lucky they had those gloves, isn't it? The stuff yeah. they got in that room, first of all, is remarkable. <laughs> yeah, it's but really also, useful. And one of the, the things it has in that room, and one of the things they have in that room, just in case, of course, is yeah. a machine that's sole purpose is to re-engrave something on a metal plate. <laughs> yeah. in that it just goes over the, the numbers of the mind. doors, wipes yeah. it, and yeah. re-engraves it. What a fucking... What machine is this? <laughs> well, Adam, it's so yeah. niche. No, Adam. Lucas, first of all, yeah, 100%, that is a ludicrous. I don't know how that thing exists, because also it seems designed solely for the shape of the, the door numbers. Well, no, it might, program. We might better choose like oval, square, rectangle. Sure, sure. I, lo- I love the fact that they have magnetised gloves hidden in a train less, car. Less unbelievable, as far as I'm concerned. 
but but why would that why would that be there? Like, do you reckon they were just like right? Well, they're obviously going from one part of. Uh, they need a bit of everything. They They've got a, a bit Tom, of everything. Tom, they? what if you needed to climb along the side of that train whilst it was in motion for some kind of I'm... escape? It's a good point. Wait a second. Yeah, but also, also I'm just realising the things that Ethan Hunt climbs, why would they be magnetised? Well, I don't magic. think they are magnetic, it, are they? It's, it's some kind they of magic. they say that, yeah, I it's just some kind of word, suction I, device. I think they say it? the word magnet. There's a lot of magnets. And he's climbing a lot of glass. <laughs> yeah. In my head, I was like, well, I'm not sure that the train would be made out of a metal that's magnetised. And I was like, unlike glass. <laughs> well, this is the like, thing. How it- okay, we are at the, far and away, the best sequence in the movie. The other reason why the best this film. Yeah, possibly also the best sequence in yeah. the whole franchise. And which I is think, be- I mean, um, my kind of take on this is the thing that then basically creates everything about Tom Cruise for the rest of his career from this point on. Kind of. He's always done stuff like this. I think this is when it became the thing. I think it reminded people. I, th- yeah. I think people thought he was mental because of his rock climbing Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, it's not, not that different to Mission Impossible 2, right? It's, I it's think rope, this, 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 had no like, this had like news coverage and like little yeah. like little like you know uh, what's the word it's kind of like little specials released on like the filming of it before the film came out this was like a huge part so of the marketing did the Mission of the Impossible film to, so, so did the rock climbing yeah, but the difference Impossible. there Adam is I was young and didn't know yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um, but also I don't think the building was that old at this point was it no it was fairly nearly yeah, it's also built. obviously just an advertising thing for the so horrific regime I, I think regime it was a very big thing of that uh, probably owned that building sure yeah, but, but again, we didn't know about this at the time. We just saw, oh my God, they've made the biggest building in the world and Tom Cruise is going to scale it. Well, this is the thing. So, so they, they have to get to a server room, but they can only get to that room f- from the outside. So Tom Cruise has to climb the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world, which is something that he actually then just sort of did. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, no nets. He's, he's on a rope. Um, they CGI'd out the rope. But Jesus Christ... Uh, it's very intense. It's genuinely quite stressful. Now, Adam, you on you on the Mission Impossible Two episode also used this expression. There's no nets. Mm. Do you think net nets are not like a regular thing for people climbing up tall things? Ropes is very much the the gold standard in terms of safety mechanisms. Do you, do you know what nets they are, are used not on the a lot? Thing. Do you know what they yeah. are used on a lot? Movie sets. <laughs> Yeah, Tom Tom Cruise doesn't dedicate his entire life to climbing up the sides of mountains and sheer rock. I think faces. he does actually. He, yeah, he does. He hasn't got time. He's still doing movies. No, he, around Mission Impossible Two, he's doing a lot of free climbing. Uh, he loved it. He's a he's, he's just an idiot. Um. <laughs> but do you, do you want to know something that makes this even more mental? Right in mm. the film, they describe it as like, oh, you're going to have to go up from the like 130th floor to the 137th or something. Mm. Which actually is not that. I mean, it's obviously insanely high up, but it's not that high up for the Burj Khalifa. Seven stories. I I wouldn't climb seven stories. Yeah. What's the tallest? I think in real life, the tallest floor on the Burj Khalifa. Well, I think he actually filmed this on the one hundred and seventieth or something. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it looks better <laughs> to make it. So it looks even more mental. So he's actually in real life doing something more terrifying than they describe in the film. I mean, it looks truly insane. It helps that they set it up really well with the very clear sort of marking of the gloves when, like Benji says, like, blue is yeah. glue, red is dead. Yeah. Red? That's and, the fact that, and the fact that Tom, Ethan Hunt, uh, 
is like genuinely doesn't want to do it. Yeah, he looks terrified. Yeah, he, yeah, do- yeah, yeah. he is which not is, up for it. Which is great. Imagine being so comfortable with that kind of stunt that you can act while you're doing it. Because Tom Cruise is fine. Yeah. We've seen the pictures of him sat right on the top of the Burj Khalifa with no shoes on, yeah, he's, yeah, not he's attached chill. to anything, just chilling out. Yeah. Um, and don't forget that Leo- Leonardo DiCaprio got an Oscar for being cold in a cold <laughs> environment. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Let's not forget. Let's. He was cold we and wet forget, in Tom. a cold river. Yeah. And and Tom Cruise didn't get an Oscar for pretending to be scared whilst perfectly happy to climb the outside of the tallest building in the world. <laughs> but the thing is, is like he genuinely, I genuinely don't think he does it for the thrill of it. Like he he probably does to a degree. But I was reading an interview with Brad Bird where Brad Bird was saying like we had discussions about it and we talked about using a stuntman but it would limit the way that he could shoot it because he'd have to keep hiding the guy's face or he'd have to do like further away shots. And it really does help that you can have a shot. I mean, the first shot of him stepping out is absolutely insane where you can see that it's Tom Cruise and then he edges himself out and the camera's just looking down and you can watch him go round onto the glass. It's horrible. And And then the bit where he falls down as well is... It's not for me, guys. I was absolutely gagging for that wide shot. And they wait a little while. They keep it fairly tight to him. And then they finally pull out to a really wide. And I was like, that's what I've been waiting for. Look at that. (laughs) Mental. (laughs) Yeah. And then once he's back from the server room, he starts fucking running about on the building. Like as if the first bit wasn't stressful enough. He starts running up and down it. Uh, There's a slightly weird filming thing in that sequence. Where he jumps over the camera. Mm. He like he's running, he's doing the sprinting thing, and then there's a shot where the camera's like right up on the glass and he's running towards it. And he has to jump. And then he actually jumps over it. Which is kind of a weird little fourth. Reminds you you're watching a movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, mental. And then he does that massive swing out to then perfectly jump and he fucks it. Yeah, which I which gasped, even though I've seen this film yeah. like five times, and I, I was still like, going, "Oh no, oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the clang as he hits his head. It's the kung. Oh, uh, um, and then all the room though, so insecure. By the way, I know it's up high, and you can only get to it from the outside, but you can still just get to it. What through some glass? Fly a helicopter yeah, up that- there, cut the glass. You're in. Well, this like, is the one movie he could have fucking done notice. with the helicopter fucking uh, yeah. pilot, isn't it? Or a drone. Not like, that one. feels pretty insecure. I know it's high up, but, you know, there's ways into that room. Well, that's the thing is, who, who would be, honest, be insane if... enough to scale that building? But you don't need the to scale is it. Tom Cruise. The answer Fly is always Tom a little Cruise. helicopter, mate. Nah, if, if I was nah, in there you've got and to they run were like, down oh. It. Yeah, if, if I was in there and they were like, oh, you've got to get back down there, I'd be like, can, the least you can fucking do is tell me how to open the door from the inside. <laughs> well, Surely that's easier from the outside. The no, they can't open the door. Because the there's, 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 there was next generation level security. That's what Benji said. Oh yeah, Tom. next next gen it's level. Next gen, next gen level security. And if he'd been back at headquarters, he could have done it, but he couldn't. Yeah, of Ghost um, Protocol. And then there's all the stuff with the codes. And the masks and all of that business, where they realise they can't use the masks, and they realise they have to, they can't change the codes because they've brought someone who will authenticate them. So they have to give them the real codes and then just hope that they can get them back. I guess, which I don't quite get, because surely someone authenticating the codes, he's not going to know like 
the actual code and make sure it's correct. Because then he doesn't need the codes because he knows the code in yeah. his head. You could you could change one thing. Maybe he's like, yeah, maybe he's validating work. like the format, like that follows a very strict format. But you could still just, you could, yeah, it doesn't work. It's Two like all of the Mission Impossible movies, if you think about it too hard, it just sort of evaporates in front of you. Because when you're watching it, it just makes sense. You're just like, yeah, okay, cool. They've got someone to authenticate the codes. That means they can't change the codes. End of discussion. Um, it's Also, we know from the, the how this film plays out that the worst case scenario is, you know, that the person goes, these codes aren't the real codes, and they get found out. And then they just, you know, worst case scenario, they, they kill the bad guy. Yeah, I'm not really that. I, the I, I, main no, well, that no, makes no, no, for no, a cool heist. Why do they need to make them think they've had the meeting instead of just so? Well, Leah Sadu, they could just they could just cap her, couldn't they? No, because yeah. the main terrorist isn't there. We know that he is, but they yeah. don't think that he uh, is. Well, no, yeah. we don't know yeah. he's there at that point. We don't know he's in that. No, part. not at that point. But we find out later. But yeah. that's the thing is, is if he, Ethan actually says to Brandt like a failure just. He'll just redouble his efforts. He needs to. We need to make him think that he has succeeded here. But yeah, I don't know. That's why they need to follow um, the male person in Winstrom. this exchange, Winstrom. Winstrom. Yeah, yeah. But the, but Leah Sadu, she's she's just a arms dealer or something, isn't she? She's just like some kind of assassin. Couldn't you just? Like... She's an asset. Yeah, she is an asset, asset, which is which is why it's bad that Paula Patton kicks her out of the window. Kicks her out a of the shot window. that made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. Did it also make you laugh? When, did it also make you laugh when Simon Pegg had three arms? Yeah, yes. also good business. That was all good. There's loads of good business in this. Great in business. This heist. Who gets paid um, in diamonds? I do. Why? Yeah, for I, my I job do. as a carer, I get paid in like very very small. Like one shred of a diamond a month. Yeah, yeah. Do you not? Do you not get paid it, in diamonds? Just, I just be like, give me money, yeah. please. Why would you? Why half a round with diamonds? They're untraceable. Well, in, the, in this economy. Your money's worth Sorry, shit now, mate. I gave the actual answer, which is that you can't trace them. <laughs> like oh. you can with money or like wire transfers or whatever. You're not a wire transfer, but like a like an envelope full of cash. Well, not an envelope. A, a just an envelope full, full of, of cash. A suitcase just- <laughs> full of cash. <laughs> they've, all got, they've all got tracking numbers and stuff on them, haven't they? Diamonds don't have that. Lucas is in trouble now. Yeah, he's right. But then you use those diamonds eventually to turn them into money that is also traceable. Well, you probably just actually just swap them for more arms or whatever, don't you? I don't. I don't know how the the economy of this black market works. Wait, well, yeah, it's, it's it's single gold coins, isn't it? One is little it? one little gold coin gets you anything in the criminal world, as we know. I mean, from, these days, it'd probably as we be know from the John Wick cryptocurrency, when it be, be cryptocurrency. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's untraceable as well. I've heard. Unless something goes wrong to a rich person, then they can undo loads of transactions and find out who did what. Moro, <laughs> um, uh, the the assassin played by Leah Sadeau, who's excellent in this movie and everything that she's ever been in, um, identifies Brandt as an agent. And it turns out that Brandt's like well good at fighting and again continues to give some people some absolutely life-changing injuries. Uh, those people are like... They're, they're going to be disabled for years and years and years and years. Especially Leah Sadu, because she falls out of a 130-storey building. Yeah. Well, well exactly. we never see her die. We never see her die, yeah, we so don't we don't know. know. She could be back for Dead Reckoning Part 1. That she about. might have been swept up in the uh, the sandstorm <laughs> that's now that's now approaching. And then blown to safety. Yeah, blown <laughs> to safety of the dunes. Let's hope that her and, <laughs> hope that her and Sawyer 
like come back to get revenge in Dead Reckoning Part Two. <laughs> they started like the new villain crew. I had the image of her just <laughs> flying away like a kite. yeah, like a kite, just woo. <laughs> Um, obviously, uh, Ethan gives chase. There's a Bigfoot chase. Tom Cruise's run out I've of got, the hotel. I've just, got, I've just got written here, Tom Cruise run 11 out of 10. Good Lord. That's yeah. a proper old Tom Cruise run. Um, also, at this point really... in the film, I was like, there's an hour left of this film. How's there yeah. an hour left of this film? And this is when I discovered that the whole business with the uh, infantry at the party with the the Playboy and the metal suit stuff is not in Rogue Nation. That also is in Ghost Protocol. And yes. this film has got loads of stuff in it. In my head, this movie was like, yeah, there's all the business at the start. They do the Kremlin. They do the Burge stuff. They run through a sandstorm. They end up at a TV station. They have a fight and it ends. And in between those things, there's a whole third heist. Yeah, that's actually kind of my issue with the movie a little bit. Like, my one issue with the movie is that this is its peak. Like, it peaks at the Burj Khalifa. Everything builds up to the Burj Khalifa, and then everything just sort of trickles down afterwards. There's nothing that happens after this that is nearly as compelling as Tom Cruise climbing the Burj Khalifa and running away from the Burj Khalifa. Those are like the two best bits of the movie. I actually think the run bit, the sandstorm bit, massively outstays its welcome. Yeah, I think I think the sandstorm bit is yeah. You can't see shit, and it's just a bit because of of the sandstorm. Yeah, and and so after like after like within a minute or two, I'm like, all right, wrap this up. But the the bit where he's like on top of the car and all of that stuff that's that's kind of that's kind of cool. It's really well shot, and it's like. Really well put together, but that's that's Brad Bird. Isn't but it? at least there uh, is a bit of mask action, which I appreciate. Yeah, so he realizes that actually Winstrom was Hendrix in disguise. So they have the mask technology as well. Yes. Well, okay. we know that Every- bad guys have the mask technology because um, Goudre Scott, Goudre, Dougray Stott, Dougray Stott. Oh fuck's sake, Goudray Stott. <laughs> Goudre Stott had it in <laughs> MI2, didn't he? So, yeah, we know but that. He's an ex, he, no, but he's an ex-IMF agent, Dougray Scott. Do you that know nothing about Mission Impossible 2? That is true, what and is I do actually problem? have a note against this film that this is the only, sorry, the first one where there is, the, there is no current or former IMF rogue agents as villains. Because 1, 2, and 3 all have that. Yes, that's true. They He's do. Right. He's right. Yeah. And then He's so right. does six. Does five? Six doesn't. Oh, he's CIA, I guess. He's not IMF. CIA, he? my friend. He's CIA. Spoilers mm. for Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> Guys, are we just going to gloss over the fact that Hendrix was in that car that crashed in the sandstorm over Tom Cruise? And then when Tom Cruise looks in, he's all like, oh no, he just walked out of that and also put a mask on or took a mask off Guys, or whatever. It's like, it's- why are you trying to search for the logic and believability of Wait, this Wait, are you movie? saying he sees Hendrix as Hendrix? He's wearing the mask the whole time. He's been wearing the mask since the Yeah, birch. yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. But before he takes the mask off, Hendrix is still driving in a car with the mask on and then crashes horrifically, definitely like dead 
he is dead and then somehow gets out of it and legs it completely untouched enough to be able to get on another car again presuming that tom cruise isn't dead at this point and then take the mask off why are you searching for the believability why are you searching for the believability in this film I thought you look at all films, Adam, with the same critical eye, and I'm applying the same critical eye to this as I would Roma. No, it's it. Yeah, but you're a plot guy, so you're looking for like how yeah. believable is this plot? And I'm all about the vibes. It's a silly movie. Yeah, I don't so really I'm just care. Sort of I don't really care. With the silliness of it. It's a, a ludicrous film like for a ludicrous storm. people, and I love it. It does. It does indeed. Uh, no one bats an eyelid that Iron Man somehow doesn't die every time he turns a corner. Because he would. He the like, G-Force would rip whooshed. him to shreds. Yes, no, because, no, because the suit is pressurised and inside it he's actually floating weightlessly. That doesn't work because this velocity would create the gravity. He'd be flying at 25 Gs. He would be dead instantly. <laughs> Who's he been phoning this whole time? I never really cottoned on to it. So he does, he, he does a phone call in the... In the like train car and then he obviously mm. and then he phones someone here Bogdan. is it this is it this mysterious arm this mysterious arms dealer guy is that who he's been no, phoning it's, 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 Bogdan, it's, Bogdan. it's Bogdan who worked yeah. with this mysterious arms dealer yeah who's called yeah yeah the fog mm-hmm. yeah which is cool that's a, that's a cool name I'd like to be called the fog um, slightly before that they are they, go, they do go back to the safe house where Brandt accuses Agent Carter uh, of compromising the mission for revenge but then Hunt accuses Brand of keeping secrets from them because he's actually a skilled sort of agent, isn't he? Anyway, Hunt goes off to to yeah to seek more information who, from from someone who turns out to be Bogdan. But um, he meets uh, the the long haired the the blonde guy is from the first movie. It's from Mission Impossible One. That's a little nod back to Mission. Yes. That's one of Max's bodyguards, and like he holds up the hood. And that's a, that's a reference back to the hood that yeah. he puts puts on him in, in Mission Impossible One, which, which we appreciated. Adam. We appreciated, and oh, here and because this guy hasn't seen the films recently yeah, enough and doesn't know what we're talking unbelievable. about. Unbelievable! Is it when he gets it? before Fucking when he gets prick. taken to see the fog? Yeah, one of the that. goons is a goon yeah. from Mission Impossible One. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and yeah. Uh, that whole. Uh, it was one of Max's bodyguards, and then Max's daughter is in Mission Impossible Six. So there is this nice sort of like lineage throughout the entire franchise um i'm just going to read this out from the plot summary uh back at the safe house brand admits he was assigned a security detail to hunt and his wife julia while on assignment julia was killed by a serbian hit squad prompting ethan to pursue and kill them before he was caught by the russians and sent to prison who cares is the note that i've got next to it all of this how is jeremy renner mixed up in the ethan and julia stuff don't care about it. Get rid. Uh, a like mystery that earlier, I did it? not need adding to the movie. It's like we said earlier. If, if that that there's a chance that could have been one of the driving forces of the film, but because they sidelined it, it just becomes a small plot point to give Brand something more than just he's an agent, but a less good one. Well, I have a feeling that they shot this scene before Christopher McQuarrie came on board, and they couldn't get rid of it because it had like some important connective tissue to the plot. Um, Bogdan and his arms dealer cousin uh, inform Hunt that Hendrix is heading to Mumbai. Uh, well, it's the second time of... in the film where someone does the, uh, I couldn't possibly say and tell you that he's big wink. <laughs> <laughs> Something about satellites, right? And communications. He needs to be there for a certain satellite so that he can launch a nuclear weapon. Uh, who cares? 
<laughs> let's just go to Mumbai. They go there on a, a private jet, and it's another. It's uh, it's another heist. The third heist. How are they three getting heists in the movie? How are they getting private jets and stuff when they are under ghost protocol? Uh, money. That, that that was not a government like private jet thing. It's Dubai. He just paid someone for a private jet. Didn't Where's he? he getting this kind of money? Uh, the diamonds. Nice. Actually, the diamonds probably the diamonds actually probably in Leah Sadu's pocket, weren't they? When she got kicked out a window. No, she put them in her bag, and the bag's still in the hotel room. Right. Next question. Loads of money in the safe house. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's also probably just cash in the safe house, isn't there? Yeah, probably. Imagine imagine being in a safe house in the scenario that you need a safe house, and they go, "We've got magnetic gloves. We've got we've got some fake passports that hopefully look like you, and also thirty five quid, there's no money. So you're fu- yeah. no cash. Um, there's okay. I I hate the magnetic suit thing. Uh, there's a big magnetic suit that Jeremy Renner's got to wear to yeah. go into a big computer or something. Yeah. Is that what he's doing? He's going big computer. Big computer. Um, uh, and then uh, Paula Patton's character's got to be all sexy, hasn't she? That's her contribution mm. to the heist. She's got to seduce the uh, billionaire playboy. She's wearing eyeliner and she's got a grape and she's going to use both of them. <laughs> one of my one of my wishes for Dead grape. Reckoning... One or two is that mm. Tom Cruise has to do the seducing. I was about to say, wouldn't it have been great if she was going in to do the seducing and then they found out that the Indian guy was gay? That'd be and excellent. To- and Tom, and Tom Cruise, Cruise is like, I guess it's time for yeah. me to turn on the old we charm. Yeah. And don't play it like a joke. <laughs> play it like Tom no. Cruise has got to turn that side of his... And he's, he can do it. He's, he's Ethan Hunt. He can do anything. We've seen Interview with a Vampire. We know he can play. Yeah, yeah we've all seen Interview with a Vampire. What do we think about the magnetic suit? It's fine. I think What's it's your fine. problem with it? Yeah. It's fine. Why, why, why? Surely that piece of machinery is like heavier than, lighter than Jeremy Renner. Why doesn't the machinery go up? Why does it keep Jeremy Renner in the air and not launch itself into the air to meet him? Because if uh, if it was magnetized that way around, then Jeremy Renner would be dragged towards oh, the yeah, device. Okay. And would... so, so the answer to my the question thing is, him is yeah, towards the don't understand magnets. It's got yeah. the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. It's they're like they're just stuck together with the small like thin ground between it, which is dragging him along. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the bigger issue I have with the whole magnet... That's the one bit in this film that doesn't actually (laughs) do magnets wrong. (laughs) And that's the bit Adam has an issue with. Yeah, yeah, um, just wasn't thinking. I turned my brain off too far by this point of the movie. The bigger issue I have with that is that, like, underneath this whole, like, uh, you know, vent and, and electronics and business, you know, computer bits section is just, like, a little cave system that a little robot can drive around in. Yeah, it's really useful. Very convenient. What is it? I assume it must be like a cooling sort of measure or something, right? You would want as much space as possible for the big fan or something, wouldn't you? Maybe I I don't don't know. know. I'm not. I'm not a fan expert. It's interesting. There must be a scenario where a human being can get in there, sure, to work on it and stuff. 
you would imagine. Yeah, so it must there must be an easier way, even if it involves, okay, Guys, we're going to shut off the fan stop it. and you get down stop there. Stop trying to search for the logic in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Uh, it's interesting that they get Jeremy Renner to recreate something from Mission Impossible 1, where he, like, goes yeah. down and is, like, inches away from but they something don't and show to spread it. out his limbs and stuff. He yeah, falls, they and they falls, they cut, and they cut back to him hovering. They don't show yeah, him, like, yeah, yeah. fall and stop. They don't do it's the shot. It's reminiscent, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's reminiscent of, uh, I mean, of, that, of the Mission Possible 1 stuff. Tom mentioned it earlier, but the him stretching yeah. and warming up is great. Reluctantly stretching. Mm, yeah, that is funny. Like, don't do He's it. given don't a lot do more to do in, in this heist. But this heist, very very generic. Just sort of turns into some generic action yeah. sequences. My, my rewrite of this film... I think you could probably quite easily stick the India heist in the middle and have the whole finale end at the Burj with some minor plot rewrites. You just change some of the gubbins around that means that those things happen in different orders and you could probably just have it end at the Burj. Because then they escalate really nicely as well. Like I said, like the peak is the Burj Khalifa and it's sort of downhill from there. Well, as we know, famously very tall, has a high peak. Exactly. You can't get taller than that peak. Brant and Benji, they do something in a server room or whatever. Some kind of override codes. I don't know. A, a missile gets fired. The The fight in the uh, the car park is is pretty scrappy. I quite like how like dirty that gets. And I like that they miss the deadline, but Ethan is like continually like, it'll be fine. We'll get there on time. And then they don't get there on time. And he's like, but it's fine. We can still do something. It's all good. Um, every, the, you know the bad what, guys die. You know what? It's the, all end of action movie stuff, isn't it? Adam, Adam. But you know what the operation is called in this last section? Ghost Protocol. No, it's Operation Iron Fist. Okay. What MCU? Uh, what? Okay, great, great. <laughs> like the like probably the arguably the worst bit of MCU output they've ever made. But, so it's so bad that we we kind of pretend it's not part of the MCU and really hope it isn't. Well, is, yeah, is it now it's not canon quietly, or something? I don't know. It's yeah, not not Marvel Studios, so we don't. Well, have except to, Daredevil is now canon, it. and Daredevil is in the Ooh. Defenders with him, which means yeah. by extension Multi- it's canon. Multiverse. Multiverse. Okay, fine. Multiverse. Fine. We don't know if it's the same one. We just know it's played by the same actor. No, That's they've okay. said it's the same bloke, mate. No, they have um, even described This it isn't the Marvel Universe. For a this isn't the... Uh, you no. guys need to just do a spin-off episode where you just nope. get all of the takes about the Marvel Cinematic Universe oh, out of the way and then never talk about it again. We'd have to do 30 films. No, just get it all it out in one. It'd be 30, 60 hours long. Mm. Oh, no, we've, we've lost him. Lost him. Should we talk about the MCU some more, right. Lucas? What did you think of... Uh, yeah. What did you think? What's the most recent one? Um, Love and Thunder. Bad, isn't it? Yeah. What did you think of um, of uh, Werewolf ha- at Night? It. There's no oh, way it's, quite it's good, called actually. Werewolf at Night. <laughs> it is. It's called Werewolf it by is. Night, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Werewolf by Night, Werewolf Sorry, at Night. It means the same thing. I mean, technically all werewolves thing. at night, aren't they? Adam, you're into like Unless horror and sort of, you know, like classic yeah. horror characters. You'd actually, he'd actually really so, uh, like werewolf. Uh, uh, a werewolf obviously turns right. into a werewolf at the, you know, at well, it the turns into moon. a wolf. Yeah. At yeah, the, yeah. Uh, well, he doesn't just turn into a wolf, does he? He turns into a werewolf. 
No, it turns into a wolf. It's a not, perna- norm- a per- not normal wolf. A person who turns they? into a wolf is a werewolf. No, they're a bit bigger, but they are just basically normal wolves, yeah. They're all like leggy and weird, aren't they? I mean, it depends what you're watching. Because no, in Twilight, yeah. they're just big dogs. Um, right, and in American <clears throat> Werewolf in London, it's sort of like just a big wolf, isn't it? Um, they they sort turn to a wolf at the at the full moon, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes you can see the moon in the daytime. Yeah. Would they turn into a wolf? Yeah. They would. Does the does, does the sure. moon have to be visible to you? Uh, the wolf's no. Up, the moon's always there, isn't it? It's always there. Like, it's always there. Shocker. It's always there. I expect Adam to know the answer to this. Adam Adam knows lots about horror and sort of classic horror characters. I'm kind of expecting him to know the answer to that. But he wouldn't know because he hasn't seen Werewolf by Night. Well, I can't. I, I, do you know what? Do you know what? I haven't. I can't remember the last time I saw the Wolf Man. In terms of like classic horror characters, I'm much more familiar with uh, Dracula, Dracula, and uh, Frankenstein's, um, and uh, the Invisible Man, and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with the Wolf Man. Creature from the Black Lagoon, of course. I love that. Love that guy. Me and him, we're pretty close. Pretty tight with the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Don't say, "Oh, Luther's at the end," because you're skipping over. Tom Cruise saying mission accomplished. Yeah. Twice. And it failing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. It's very funny. Very funny. Uh he saves the day. Whatever. Don't matter. But yes, Luther is at the end. Um and then they reveal he's contractually obliged he's contractually to be in every single year, mission yeah. possible for that, that's yeah. when the team reconvenes in, in San Francisco and Ethan gives them new assignments. But like Brand is like, oh no, I don't accept the mission because uh of this stuff with the Julia stuff and then Ethan reveals that Julia's death was staged as he knew he couldn't protect her and used her death as a pretext to infiltrate a Russian prison to get close to Bogdan, an IMF source on Hendrix. Um, And again, who cares? Although the bit where they look at each other from across the water, Ethan and Julia, and smile at each other is quite nice. Um, I really like they didn't do there as well, is she turns, she kind of glimpses him and goes, oh my God, it's Tom Cruise. She... He is still there. She doesn't do... Well, A, he doesn't do the thing where he's not there. And B, they don't do the thing where she's walking. She just stops, senses his presence, and looks over the shoulder and sees him, which is always absurd. The the only reason they don't do the first one where he disappears is so that they can do it in a minute. With the the cloud that goes across him and he disappears. And then they don't use the Mission Impossible thing. Yeah. What's that about? Sorry, I think think you mean light the fuse. Sorry, they don't use light the fuse. Oh, God. Do you you think, Adam? No. And, you know, I need to ask you because Lucas hasn't watched any of the films and doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Lucas, uh, Adam, do you think... um, that originally, with the, f- the first plan of, of phasing Ethan Hunt out, mm. that Ethan and Julia would have got back together at the end. Like, they would have been rewritten in some way so that sort of um, Brandt kind of takes over at that sort of table scene or equivalent. And then there's kind of a reunion scene so that Hunt's story kind of comes full circle and wraps Speculation, up. Speculation. I think in the original script, she was genuinely dead. And I think that her being alive is added by Christopher McQuarrie so that they have something to play with going forward and so that he can go, can I direct that? Uh, that's, what <laughs> I, that's, that's what I think. That, that's what I would put money on. Fair She's enough. not but, in five, uh, is she? No, she I don't know. I'm going, I'm going to watch it in a minute. 
because I enjoyed Ghost Protocol so much that I'm going to watch Rogue Nation in a bit. Yeah, I'm going to watch Rogue Nation and Fallout like in the coming yeah. days. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But Adam, yeah, to go to go back to what you were saying, I've written down the note. It's the final note of the film. I've got for the first time since number one, a Mission Impossible movie ends on a moment that feels like it deserves the Mission Impossible <laughs> theme tune, they don't use it. and it doesn't it's use it. So irritating. It's ended on cheesy freeze frames of people laughing and be like, "Hey!" and then it'll have the Mission Impossible theme tune, but it won't yeah. have it when, you know, he disappears in a cloud of smoke with a new we mission. We also miss that they tease the syndicate, which, you know, obviously we oh, all know. We all know as fans of the TV show that the syndicate is a very, you know, important part of the narrative of the IMF. Is it? Is it from the TV show? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Because it, it's, it's uh, obviously very important for number five and number six, and I assume number seven and number eight. Uh, yeah. Did, was this Chops die in six? Uh, um, what sean harris sean harris yeah um i don't think so no i don't think he does does he so you can no uh henry cavill's out, character yeah. dies a horrible death with yeah. like loads of oil all over his face and all <laughs> bring stuff, him back so. though yeah bring him back though bring him back though yeah. um credits anyway yeah that's it uh what, what do you guys what, what are you guys saying about mission impossible Ghost Protocol, the fourth in the Mission Impossible franchise. I mean, my my whole take about it, you've you've shat on, which is that this is the film that kind of kickstarted the next bit of the Tom Cruise pantheon, which is he had his he's had his flop era, and now he's back, and the thing he's specifically back with is stunts. It's very Tom well pub- madman. Very yeah. well publicized stunts. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. And I, I'm not shitting on your tape because I think it's right. I think that although he's been doing this stuff for years and years and years, this is the one that kickstarts it as being like notable to the general public. What is okay. the big thing he's doing in his film? Is like now a thing. Sure, but name the other ones, Lucas. Okay. The side of the plane. Yep. The thing on Absolutely. the side of the plane. Yeah, 100%. From Mission Holding his breath a lot. Yep, from Rogue Nation. Yep, absolutely. Uh, in the Mummy, I remember them making a whole some whole faff about him falling out of a plane. No, but okay. I think that's a. Th- I think Fall, that, falling in a plane. A oh thing. yeah, they they do zero like the zero G gravity thing. Yeah, in a plane, that yeah. exactly. Yeah. In yeah. Fallout, it was the the halo jump. Yep, absolutely. And then they conveniently turned a quite a minor stunt of jumping a bit into a bit of a bit of publicity thing because he, he broke, broke his, his ankle broke and his they ankle. kept yep. filming it. And so we've, we've all saw that clip long before the You've film got to came finish out. the take. You've got to yeah, finish the take. Yeah. yeah. They'll soon enough they'll start ramping up the campaign for for the other for the new one where it's what the space one did he do? And then where it'll be whatever he does yeah. with the space thing. Yeah, yeah, which we've cracked. That's we not think no we think, we think it's the Les Grossman uh, prequel. <laughs> yeah, I, I did listen to the episode. And I but of, of the films that are already out, that's three of the ten films we've got left to cover. What are the rest of the films? Let's, uh, what? Rock of Ages. Oh, and obviously, Je- oh, sorry, and uh, Top Gun Maverick. I think a lot of that was like, oh, he's in the plane. Oh, he's they're flying in the, They're the in the that's jets. True. They're doing yeah. the jet stuff. Yeah. But it is, it is kind of Rock only of Ages, still... it's a big deal about the fact that, you know, he played a guitar. Says he played, it is only I've st- never seen it. He does at the end. It is, it is only still like half the story because there's other stuff like American Maid uh, and Edge of Tomorrow, which are not like, oh, yeah, he does loads of stunts in those things. Oblivion, you know, it's not like, oh, what stunt does he do in Oblivion? So I, yeah, while I think point. you're right, I do think it's only half of the story. Um and the other half, and the other half is mediocre sci-fi films. Yes, absolutely. Well, no, Edge of Tomorrow is well, really yeah, good. Edge of Tomorrow is very good. 
Yeah. Very good. I, I think I think you kind of half got the right point in the sense that with the exception of night and day, which is not very good, mm. um, it, this this kind of does uh, kickstart um, like Tom Cruise's big blockbuster only mm. run of films where he basically just chooses things that are going to be big summer. Yeah, or, like it's like the know, smallest film he does after this. Is, is it like, is it American made? Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. yeah. Um, or Rock of Ages, but... Yeah, but that's kind of like a big a part, right? That's not tangent. like Tom Cruise yeah. in. You know, that's... um And Tom Cruise as Stacey Jacks. Yeah. You know, I think I think we talked about that next week. Um, <laughs> but all, all is... Yeah, in the future. <laughs> um, the, uh, but what, what are we saying about this movie, though? Because I, I, I do think it does kickstart something. I think you're right. But, you know, did it do it... Did it do it in within the bounds of a successful movie for you, Lucas? Oh, I think it's a great movie. Mm, I think yeah. it's one of the great movies that Tom Cruise is in, <laughs> and especially from the Mission Impossible franchise. It might be the best one. I don't know. Fallout's pretty great, isn't it? Fallout is so yeah, good. That's, that's absolutely yeah, no, ludicrous. Fallout, Fallout is, is ludicrous. So I, I think I might prefer this, though, to Rogue Nation. I think. That's a, that's a pretty trad take. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, for me, they escalate from here. Uh, I, I give, like... Mm. Rogue Nation a half a star better than this and then Fallout gets the full five. So you can work out what my score is from there. Uh, I'm going to give four it stars. four out of five because the Brandt stuff is just who cares The and the movie peaks in, in Dubai. It's like a big yeah. mountain. It's just, Coming down the other end is, is a bit rough sometimes. It's just a massively satisfying blockbuster action movie. Yeah. Like it does it incredibly well. Like, it doesn't elevate itself beyond what is otherwise, you know, a standard action movie. But what the action it does is so entertaining that it doesn't really matter that it's otherwise kind of a bit generic outside of its set pieces. That's Brad Bird, though. He's so good at those set pieces, having come from, like, Ratatouille and The Incredibles and stuff. Yeah. I mean, The Incredibles is phenomenal. The action sequences in that. Well, Ratatouille, Ratatouille's better. I, do, I Ratatouille's agree Ratatouille's better, better yeah. but it's not an yeah, action great. movie, is it? Yeah, you don't... It's not, oh, I love the action movie, Ratatouille. Whereas Incredibles, you <laughs> could reasonably say, oh, that's like a great I don't know, there's that scene movie. where yeah. he's like, you know, getting washed down a river. It's very frightening. Mate, I, Ratatouille's mm. probably my favourite Pixar, except for probably Wally, because, yeah. you know, oh, we're, we were, we're just we're the right we, age we align. for it, we, we appear to align on our Pixar Perfect. things. I think yeah. my top three are probably Wally, Ratatouille, and Toy Story 2. Okay, I'd probably rate uh, I'd probably rate Inside Out higher than Toy Story 2, oh, good film. which is probably where we, we unaligned. Also solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 8 out of 10. Four stars. Four yeah. stars, yes, Four thank stars. you. We're not doing, we, don't, we don't rate out of 10 on this podcast, actually. Uh, I'm just quantifying Cruiseness, I'm giving no 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'm giving it 9 out of 10. Oh. Uh, it's, it's high because Ooh. of, like, the level of stuff. I mean, the stunts stuff is is absurd. That this is like probably the peak of him doing the crazy stunts. Like this is probably the most, at least the most shocking to look at in terms of like the stuff he's done. Yes, right? until he goes shocking until he goes at, to space when he does the first when he does the first civilian spacewalk, which is what is planned. Yeah. we will be going oh, for fuck's sake. He also yeah. at some point at well, that, some point that, that is going to be eleven out of ten. Yeah, yeah that also, is genuinely going to be at some point. He's definitely going to do a Felix Baumgartner and jump from a, a suborbital. Uh, balloon, you know, one of those like super high, you know, skydives, 
but they're suborbital. He's going to do one of them at some point. Yeah, uh, it yeah, loses. Sure. It loses one 60. in terms of cruiseness, just because it doesn't at any point really use that cruise charm. That he doesn't really do the charming thing at once yeah, in this film. That's a good point. That is a good point. Sure, that is a good point. I'm going to go nine as well. I'm going to. I'm going to. Yeah, good point, Lucas. But Adam, he nine. brings back the the heightened panic and panicky energy that is almost a trademark cruise. Fine. I mean, I'm going straight ten out of ten Fine. because he like. climbed the fucking Burj Khalifa. Do what you like? What? With no nets. That, that's ludicrous. With no nets. Unbelievable. No, I wouldn't no do ropes. It with a net. No ropes either. And no, 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 no building. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. He just Incredible flew. Work. He just unbelievable. Yeah, he just flew upwards, like Leah Sadu. Would you? Would you? What? Recommend? Doesn't she go down? <laughs> she gets... Well, she goes down, but then she curves up like a oh, bird yeah, of prey. Yeah, you can see it. Um, she just lands next to Sawyer, and that's when they meet up and go. We need to assemble the villain team. Yeah, absolutely. The yeah. FMI, oh, and then that's the they're going to Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be the... those two. It's going to be uh, who's still alive at this point. <laughs> Tandaway Newton's Tandaway yeah. Newton because she's, she's got to she's, for Christ's she's sake she's still rocking about yeah uh, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman dead yeah that's a shame well and obviously yes. Jack, uh, very dead uh, I mean in uh, real life as well the, yeah. the guy can't bring him back Mr Harris I forget his first name it is also Sean. still alive right Sean Harris possibly don't know interesting I would recommend this movie I recommend everybody see this movie it's it's bananas yeah and for us to be able to say we recommend this movie despite it being the fourth in a series mm. and to start here. Don't worry about the other ones. You can still start here. Yeah, yeah. That's still a good enough place to kick off. Yeah, you guys yeah. had a great a great point at one of the recent episodes where you said you can start at, th- at four and just when someone shows up that seems like she should be important, just accept it. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. they, they explain it. They're like Simon Pegg's like, oh, I'm sorry what happened with your wife. That's all you need to know. Something happened with his wife. That's it. Um. I mean, it's, it was not a cheap movie to make. $145 million no. is what it costs to That's, make a movie like this in 2011. It's more than I make. Yeah, it is. Do you know what this movie made at the box office? Globally. Because I've got it in my notes. $695 million. Nearly $700 million. It's the highest grossing of the series upon release. It's the highest grossing of, of Tom Cruise's movies on release. It overtook War of the Worlds. And it's the fifth highest grossing film of 2011. Who wants to guess what number one was? I knew you'd do this, so I wrote it down. I wrote down the four that are above it. Because oh, I knew that your okay. first question would four. be... It's not, okay, it's, there'll be uh, Captain America, uh, The First Avenger. No, actually, no, no I don't reckon it is more than that. that big. Actually, those those early ones got like half a bill or something. They got four a to measly, five hundred thousand. A measly half a million. bill. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's actually somewhat alarming what the top five is. Oh, hang on, two thousand eleven. There's probably a Transformers. Is it like? Is it Dark of the Moon? That's right. Yes, that's number Ooh. two. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that's no good. Uh, <laughs> Avatar came out in 2010. Nine. 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 So, so Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol is number five. Number four is Twilight Breaking Dawn Part One. Uh, okay. Number three sure. is... Oh, there'll be a Pirates Harry Potter the in there. Sure, right. yeah, absolutely. No, number three is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Number two is Transformers Dark of the Moon. And number one is Harry Potter and the Deathly Harrows Part Two. 
the the, the final Harry Potter movie. So of course yeah. that's the highest grossing movie of the year. The only movie in the top ten of 2011 that isn't part of an already ongoing franchise is the Pixar. Smurfs. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, and arguably that is an ongoing, is an ongoing franchise, franchise yeah. what it is yeah. it is like like in terms of movies it is now but it wasn't at the time that was the first smurfs yeah, but, movie but, it was, but the, yeah but smurfs did exist before it was an yeah, ongoing franchise yeah, that yeah, wasn't okay. the introduction no, I, of I the franchise the i understand what you mean yeah don't yeah. worry we're on the same page okay. have, have we all seen, right, we all okay, seen the smurfs yes. good yeah usually no. usually right tom you and me we're not like this. We're not snipping at each other and tearing each other apart. It's because we've we got, got this, this fucking here. dickhead on the podcast again. Mr. He Snippy. Wants, before this podcast episode, like, we, before we were discussing this, he was like, oh, you guys agree too much. You need a bit more conflict I in your episode. Unbelievable. He fucking comes on. Yeah, and you've both given it the same bloody score pot. again, as always. Same score as because you. Because we're correct. Same score as you, Lucas. Yeah, so but. you should have come on and given it a two, just to disagree, get the heat back. Well, I mean, my 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 letterboxed previously was three point five. Then I rewatched it the other disgusting. day. Disgusting. Like, That's absurd. Why did yeah, I do that? Dis- disgusting. Yeah. Uh, reviews for the film are very very good. Of course, everyone loves Cruise in it. It's been called by various publications one of the best action movies of the twenty first century, um, and a fifth film is fast tracked. It's interesting to consider what would have happened to the franchise. If Renner is the lead from here on out, what do you reckon? I think they make, I think they make one with Renner. It doesn't bring do back Cruise, and then they yeah. either bring back Cruise or just stop it, or reboot or it, or it. reboot it entirely, maybe with Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. I think that's exactly what would have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which brings us to the end of our coverage of Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. But before we wrap up, though, it's obviously time for our long-running game. Only one of us is allowed to look at the IMDb trivia page for each movie. And this week, it's me. I'm going to present Tom with three pieces of trivia. Only one of them is one that I've made up. I, uh, Tom, you're going to have to discern which one that is in Two Crews and a Lie. Okay, so, I mean, we, we were, we'd put money on this since... Uh, we, we, we were actively betting last time you were on this podcast, weren't we, Lucas? Is that right? Yeah, I think you. I think you. I think, I think you, we started. You owed him quite a lot actually at that point. I think you owed him like a few thousand pounds because yeah, like, you were doubling yeah. up a lot, and it was it was mm. getting a bit silly. Yeah. You owed a few thousand pounds, and that was silly. Otherwise, yeah. I hit an unfortunate streak of double or nothings, and I currently owe him ten million four hundred eighty-five thousand seven hundred sixty pounds. Double or nothing, Tom. We did say last week we do double yeah, or nothing. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah, no, I'm a man of my word. So. Yep. If uh, if I correctly if I correctly fool you and you don't guess which piece of trivia I've made up, we wipe the slate clean. Um, if you do guess which one I've made up, I will owe you twenty million nine hundred and seventy one thousand five hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, yeah, yeah, reasonable. It's a lot of money, Tom. Is the thing. Well, I thought you got paid in diamonds. Yeah, yeah but it must be only only the equivalent of. Minimum wage is just tiny little yeah. filings of diamonds. It's just dust, Tom. Yeah. Right. I think you've been conned, mate. Anyway, here we go. Trivia piece number one. Actor Dermot Mulroney plays cello in the orchestra that scored this movie. Okay, one of my favourite actors, Ooh. Dermot Mulroney, played cello in the scoring orchestra for this movie. 
Look up Dermot yeah, Mulroney. You will recognise him. You, Lucas, do that now. You will 100% recognise him from many things, uh, even though you what's don't the, know his name, name and he's never starred in a movie. You 100% know who Dermot Mulroney is. Dermot? Uh, it was Della a minute ago. Dermot Mulroney, you know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, you who, know he is. who he is. Yeah. He's in loads of stuff. Yeah. He's a very, Wait, very interesting guy. How am I pronouncing this guy's name? Dermot, Dermot Mulroney. Mulroney. Dermot. You're pronouncing it fine, mate. You're spelling it's it. Oh, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that guy. Yeah, anyway, it's that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm levelling at you that he played the cello in the scoring orchestra for this movie. Okay? Trivia okay. piece number two. The sand... He's going to be in the sixth screen film. Number two. <laughs> the sand in the sandstorm is actually not sand as blown sand is not detectable on film due to motion blur. It is instead clever use of open matte super 35mm film being blown up to IMAX size 70mm with the enlarged grain size of the film creating the effect of sand. Okay, that's number two. And we know how Tom Cruise feels about motion blur on TV. Yeah, maybe I've taken that little nugget of information and twisted it into something else. Maybe I've I've twisted that in, in... into the into the lie. Number three, yeah. Christopher McQuarrie's first rewrite not only included a larger role for Cruz, but actually had Cruz playing all of the roles in the film, including the roles played by Eddie Murphy in the Nutty Professor films and Norbit. <laughs> <laughs> so you can confer with Lucas. You can try and figure out which one I've can't made up. actually confer with me. I actually did read the trivia page. I'm afraid. Ooh. So um, I oh, won't. Yeah. Okay. I can't. okay, Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. Sidebar. Maybe you can tell him that it's the wrong one. Maybe you could tell him that it's number one or number two, and not not the third one. Okay, maybe you I'm can not do getting that. Involved. I'm not Ta- getting Lucas, involved. Lucas, help me out here, my friend. I'm not get- what help is me out. my incentive help to do that? Okay. Well, maybe uh, I was going to say I'd split if, the money with you. I but- can- well, Tom, you're not supposed to be listening. Thank you, Tom. So, if Tom, can, this is a private if, conversation. If he helps me, I can easily throw him a half a meal and not even bat an eye. Tom, this, this is a private conversation. Please do not listen. Sorry. Lucas, it's, it's number three. Tom, Dermot Mulroney <laughs> is in... Uh... Lucas, number three is the lie, but I need you to tell him that it's number one or number two, okay? Can you just do that for me? Will you help me out, please? All right, sorry. Okay, all right, hang on. Wait, which one? Number three is the lie. Number three is the lie. Okay. Right, right. So okay. I know from a fact that okay, Tom, at, you can come back. You can come I back. know from looking yep, at the yep. IMDb trivia that the that the real ones are one and two. No wink, right? God, no, right. Not. You've done it the wrong way around. Big, big wink. You said the quiet part loud uh, and the loud part quiet. Dermot Moroni is also in Zodiac, which is yeah, a good film, he is. Isn't it? He is in Zodiac. He's in everything. He's also, I'll tell you, he's, he's one also, of my he's favorite also in Friends. Yeah, he is. He plays. Oh, he plays a love friends, interest no for, for Jennifer cares. Aniston. That's where I know him from. Um, look, come on, Tom. You got to come on. He's in about Lucas Schmidt. was no fucking help. Lucas was no fucking help at all. It's Arrested Development. Oh, it's going to be in Secret I Invasion, to... which is a uh, which is a Marvel. I mean, project, I was helpful Adam. to someone. I was so... helpful to Tom. I think. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! So you're going to be watching another Marvel show, Adam, because he's your favourite actor. 
Adam, I mean, you should have probably muted yourself when you're having a conversation with... with I asked you not to listen. We had a gentleman's agreement. Were you listening? I I mean... Were you listening? You didn't mute yourself. You made yourself louder. We had an agreement that you wouldn't listen. You've been no help to me at all, Lucas. I I didn't I didn't intentionally Adam because I'm pissed off at you, and Bust. and you yeah. and your lie has reminded me why. Why is that, Lucas? Well, you mentioned the Nighty Press of the Clumps, and that reminded me that the whole time when you were talking about Tropic Thunder, and when you were talking about those fake trailers, I was like, oh, at some point they're going to mention the fact that he's doing like a Clumps parody, like that's the whole joke, and at no point did you. It's number three, Adam. Yeah, number yeah, three yeah obviously, because you listened in. So, well yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. Thank, cheers, Lucas. Yeah. And Lucas yeah. And Lucas told me with a big yeah. wink. Cheers. So, you know. yeah. yeah. Cheers, guys. And I waited to, to moan about you You're about making- that until I'd listened to the whole episode and not do what I normally do. It just starts sending you guys scathing messages, moaning about something you've forgotten to mention, and then two minutes later you mention it. Well, that's how and why we play Two Crews in a Light. <laughs> You'll make it back next week. Oh, wait, because it's just all fucked now. Right, anyway. Well, how many you got? How many have you got left to go? How many attempts have you got? Uh, who ten? cares? It's like 10 I'll episodes left. I'll be dead by this podcast. Look, Lucas, thank you for joining us, man. Where, where can we find your other podcast? It sounds really interesting, much more interesting than this one. Uh, yeah, I host a, a really good music podcast called What Is Music with uh, someone called uh, Steve Murphy, who I think has been on this podcast. Yep. Friend of the podcast, yeah, a couple of times, a couple of times, and and someone else. Um, it's called. What if is I had music. to guess, I'd say that your Twitter handle is uh, what is music pod. Uh, that is that the Twitter f- handle of that podcast. It's not my Twitter handle. Oh, what's okay? All right. Well, what's your Twitter handle then? You think people either Lucas Way or Way Lucas? I don't remember. I think it's I remember. think it's Way Lucas, isn't it? If you search if you yeah, but if you search Lucas Way, it will come up. It'll will come it? Up. Yeah, probably. Anyway. Thank you for joining me also, Tom, I guess. You can't shrug. It's an audio format. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been fine. Hasn't yeah, it? it's been fine. It's just... <laughs> Look, okay. Also, thanks for joining us, listeners. Come and let us know what you think of the movie. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at CruiseViewsPod. Email us, CruiseViewsPodcast at gmail.com. We're all on Letterboxd as well. Lucas Way, Way Lucas, Tom Ashford, Adam Glasspool. Come follow us on Letterboxd. There might be an 89 in there somewhere too. Wow, incredible. Um, <laughs> but while you're doing all of that, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to watch Rock of Ages before next week's episode. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. Yeah.